0: users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. Hey, on tap this week on the Tech Night Out Live, we have Bob Dr. McLevitas, who, by the way, has a brand new book on the new iPad coming out. We'll hear from John Rettinger of Technobuffalo.com. He will review the new Nokia Lumia 900 phone. Is that the real iPhone killer? And then we'll hear from Craig Crossman of the Computer America Radio Show. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. So, Bob, Dr. MacLevitus, you were telling us about a very important new purpose for the Magic Trackpad, right?
1: Yes, since I installed Lion on my desktop machine, I've kept one on my desk next to the mouse because the gestures, the swiping and pinching and scrolling and stuff are so nice on the trackpad. But I still like a mouse because I have two displays. Well, you know I have a very large display. I got it from you. As a matter of fact, it still works, right? It hasn't blown
0: up yet. No, it has not blown up. Good. I feel better. I feel... Requiem for the masses
1: there. You did not sell me a lemon.
0: No, a lime, yes, but no lemon. I tend to have my Diet
1: Cokes with lime. Don't ask me why. I like Diet Coke. I think it tastes better than real Coke. Well. Does that make me weird? So, what's the topic of today's show? Alien invasion? As I was saying, the magic trackpad, I have um, often mistaken it for a drink coaster and gone to set my drink down on it, which I doubt is good for it. But it just looks like a drink coaster sitting in the middle of my desk like that.
0: I want to be honest about it. I've tried the Magic Trackpad. I can't get into it. I'm sorry.
1: Well, I can't use it without also having my mouse set up. On, on a laptop, I'm okay. I can deal with a trackpad. I don't hate it. But my mouse of choice is still the Logitech. What's this one called? Performance MX, which is the successor to the beloved mx pro whatever it was last mx revolution
0: yes i know you see i know as lamont cranston once said i know the shadow knows actually i have one right here and i have one complaint about it okay i like it it's my favorite mouse but never warns me when the battery is about to be discharged until it, until it lights up red? No, it doesn't light up anything. It just stops working.
1: Oh, mine lights up red. Usually, I guess, probably minutes before it's going to expire, it'll light up in red. So I don't see red on my Performance MX.
0: Doesn't flash red. Doesn't do anything. Just stops.
1: Mine will light up red at the very end, right before it runs out of juice. And I keep a juice cable in a little box with all the occasional use cables that are on my desk. So it it uses just one of those micro USB ones.
0: Right. What I do is I keep a second mouse on hand, turned off the original MX Revolution. And so when this runs out of juice, which it always does without warning, or maybe it's an invisible Red spectrum on this particular model. What I do is I go and replace the mouse and stick it on the charging station. That's all.
1: Oh yeah, the older ones have a charging station. Mine just has a, a USB plug. It's actually not quite a micro USB plug. It's sort of a proprietary
0: version. If you look at mine's it really not closely. mine.
1: Mine pops right on the micro USBs. I've got a charger on my desk that's got a micro, a mini, and a uh, dock connector. And and I, I can think you have that. a
0: different version of this mouse. I, than do. I do. I'm
1: telling you, I have the Performance MX, which is the successor to the one you have. That's hit. what I have, the Performance make- MX.
0: I have it right here, Performance MX in my yeah. hand. Okay. Right now. That's the right You know, it's possible there've been production changes over the life of this product. I can see that. It's possible. The- a lot of times when they make those changes they don't tell you. You know, it's not like, gee, can I have an update? No, it doesn't exist the change. We don't admit to it, that kind of thing. So look, is a good mouse with that one condition which is I'm not getting a warning about battery going dead.
1: I mean it but should give you some kind yeah, of warning. Now Apple's you, I don't think that's universal issue because mine lights up red when it runs you know, near the end of its juicing, but mine is also a micro USB. It's hard to get it in because it's in such a weird recessed location, but it's just a regular micro connector. No, mine is a proprietary connector, so and you have a recharging station and mine doesn't. Well, so. it has a
0: rechargeable battery. it's not a recharging station. It's got a separate little charging plug Cables. with a proprietary sort of pseudo mini USB plug at the other end. I also have the MX Revolution, which does have a charging station, so there you go. Let's not be confused about confusion.
1: Okay, so here, I've got a jawbone charging cable. A jawbone... Micro USB to USB... Okay. So I'm going to okay. see if that'll work. And if right. I, Don't when break I it. plug it in. No, it plugs right in perfectly. And when I plug it in, it lights up and charges. Okay. Yeah, I can use any micro USB. They must have made changes because mine came with just a regular micro USB cable. And that's what I use to charge it. Fortunately, because I have this like three prong charger on my desk, micro, mini an iPhone. So I can charge three things at once right on my desk. Isn't that sweet?
0: Well, I guess with a new iPad, you really need a good, powerful charger, because I gather if you use the charger off your Mac, it's going to take forever to charge.
1: The iPad takes a long time to charge. I have a uh, dock connector cable connected to a power block for rapid charging, because that's, I think, the fastest you can get.
0: Now, obviously, we got to mention this because the strange people over at Consumer Reports who seem to believe that they have but one way of testing things and no other way of testing things could possibly be right. They got 113 degrees without hooking it up to the charger when they were playing a game on it for an hour or so. Did you notice it being that hot in your regular use and testing?
1: No, I did not. And in fact, um, when I started reading about it, I tried to think back on using it on the couch with it on my knee. I really didn't. And uh, I had a cover, a tight fitting cover on for a while, which should have made it worse. And I didn't have any heat issues with that. I did play Infinity Blade, which I saw mentioned a couple times as capable of heating it up, which makes sense because it's, you know, it's a real graphics intensive, processor intensive game. And mine, to this day, I've never really felt it warmer than comfortable. It gets warm on the back. The back gets warm when it's really cranking, but it doesn't feel, mine didn't feel any hotter than my iPad 2. I didn't notice it until I started reading reports elsewhere. And, you know, from what I can see, a lot of people aren't having a heat issue well, MacWorld did a test. They yeah, got a six, hundred degrees. degrees, or something. They got a hundred degrees, and
0: that's Versus really what? pushing it to the max.
1: Ninety-six on ninety-six on the iPad two. What was the iPad? It was 2? about
0: ten degrees less. Now, other people have tested the new iPad and gotten around hundred degrees. So, Consumer Reports' their testing is an anomaly. And I think one of the hallmarks of doing an accurate test is that it can be repeated by anybody. And that's when right. when they have a test that has one result and everybody else's test has a different result, you have to suspect their test. They don't believe that, of course. That's science. Hey, speaking of,
1: speaking of which, let me just find it, but I have some repeatable numbers that I made. I was amazed. I got this iPad for testing, and it was a Verizon 4G LTE, which means that two things. It means, one, it's got a cellular data network that's as fast as Wi-Fi, and that's what I'm going to prove to you in a minute when I find this file. Numbers, I did it in, numbers. Um, and, and the second was uh, it has the wireless hotspot for no additional charge. It uses part of your data. I mean, it's shared data, but you don't have to pay 40 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month for a hotspot plan, so to speak, or a tether plan. Well, you know, that's a
0: ripoff. It really is because data is data. How you use that data is your business. And to decide based on the way you use your data, we're going to charge you one rate or another, I think that is preposterous.
1: No, it's the same rate. It's all in your data plan rather than making you... um, Yeah, but if
0: you do it with AT&T... They don't have a
1: hotspot deal. You You have to get either a device... Or pay for the separate tethering plan. I on know, your but phone. that's what I'm
0: saying. It's nonsense. What they're doing is nonsense. It's yeah, look-wise.
1: Verizon's is, is actually pretty sensible. It's you only pay for what you use.
0: I'll tell you what, we you don't have, have to, to do- pay for this. We have to pay for this. With Bob, Dr. Mac Levitas, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. You know, we develop trust in the people we know, but we don't really know someone we can't see. That's why I recommend GoToMeeting with HD Faces. It's a simple online meeting service. It's GoToMeeting by Citrix. All it takes is a webcam and a click to instantly collaborate. You can start hosting your own face-to-face online meetings today with GoToMeeting. You can try it free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the try it free button and use the promo code podcast. If you
2: When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately.
3: 1-800-686-2237. Your family and loved ones aren't ready for empty grocery store shelves. Will they survive if the system crashed tomorrow? Are you prepared to feed your family when a major crisis occurs? Will they perish from the lack of available food because you procrastinated? Getting self-reliant is the only way to ensure you and your loved ones will make it through the coming hardships. One of the most important survival products that is a must-have is garden food seeds. Getseeds.net is offering a huge garden in a bag that will give you and your family the food security that it deserves. Our food garden in a bag consists of a whopping 100 packets of the highest quality non-GMO heirloom vegetable, culinary herbs and a couple of garden variety of fruit seeds for only $59 that's right ladies and gentlemen 100 packets of seeds for only $59 this blowout sale will end soon so call now to secure your huge garden in the bag that is heat sealed for long-term storage at getseeds.net that's getseeds.net or call now at 877-341-GROW that's 877-341-4769 don't delay call today
4: Did you know that gold and silver contain healing properties? It's true. Since the beginning of mankind's history, gold and silver have not only been used as real money, but also for healing our minds and bodies. UtopiaSilver.com is your leading source for colloidal silver and colloidal gold, offering supplement protocols that can heal and enhance your health. Protocols for boosting the immune system, insomnia, yeast infections, herpes, and countering the effects of vaccinations and radiation poisoning. And now, Utopia. UtopiaSilver.com encourages the use of real money with this buy one, get one free real money special. For details on your colloidal silver and colloidal gold supplements, call 888-213-4338 and ask about 50% off for first-time customers. That's 888-213-4338 or visit UtopiaSilver.com, UtopiaSilver.com, fighting for liberty and healing one American at a time.
5: We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at com. That's news at techniteowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at com slash radio. That's com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. With Bob,
0: Doctor McLevitis, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. We are exploring the new iPad, or the third generation iPad, or the iPad
1: three, however you wish to refer to it. So, Bob, what is your preferred way? I call it Joan. I named it after my mom, so I don't call it third generation, three G, or anything else. No, in the book, we had to, we actually had a discussion of what do we call it. You know, Apple just calls it iPad. I asked them if it's called the new iPad, and if I should capitalize the N in new, to which they replied, no, 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 don't be silly. That's not its name. Its name is iPad. It's just the new iPad right now. But next year it will be the old iPad. Well, then we'll have to call something, something else. So we decided the first generation iPad 2 and third generation were the way we would differentiate when necessary. And there were only a few places where it, you know, we had to write awkward sentences to cover all our bases for all the machines.
0: Well, the one thing about this is what Apple appears to have done with the iPad third generation is to use the same naming conventions as Macs. Right. So a Mac is going to be an iMac, but then your iMac will be late 2009, mid-2010, mid-2011. So evidently, that's what's going to happen. We're going to have a generic name with a hyphenated description.
1: I think the popular name for it is going to be third generation. I even saw it on Apple's website on some tech notes. Okay. So third generation, I think, will become the common nomenclature for this particular model. It won't be iPad
0: in parens third generation like they do with the iMac and the Mac Pro. It
1: could be, it could be, but I'm saying it's going to be identified by its generation. You know,
0: if Apple told me to say something and identify it this way, I might say, you know what? I'll just call it whatever the heck I please because Well they
1: didn't say they didn't say anything about the generations. We decided to do that for the book because it seemed the clearest when you're writing a sentence that says iPad two and third generation iPad only. You know, you have to be able to say which is which. It's not called the iPad three, although that would have made for the most convenient sentence writing in the book. We decided that the the reasonable thing to do was to call it third generation and that there would be no confusion. And, you know, because it's not the iPad 3. What if they come out with an iPad 3 next year?
0: (laughs) I doubt it. But there was a short interview with Phil Schiller. And he, ladies and gentlemen, is their vice president for worldwide marketing with a few other additional things to the title. And he said, well, they wanted to be different. (laughs) That was his description, kind of flipping about it. But I suppose... Everybody was predicting everything about this product. I mean, they predicted it would have a retina display. They predicted it would have LTE support. So I guess Apple wanted to be unpredictable in some way. So they named it iPad. (laughs) Or the new iPad. Don't they remember the new Coke?
1: (laughs) That's the old Coke that nobody cared about. I seem to remember that wasn't very uh, successful for the Coca-Cola Corporation. They tried to change the formulation. And what happens
0: is everybody was used to the specific formulation that Coca-Cola had been using for many years. And they said, you know, we need to change that, bring it up to date. So they came out with the new Coke, and now they had to bring back something called Coke Classic.
1: (sighs) Because new Coke didn't taste good. Well, there is that. You'd think they would have tested.
0: You know, it's I mean, hard to
1: test it because I think of, what
0: was it? Henry Ford once said that if we took customer reaction to products, we'd be building a better horse and buggy.
1: He's also the guy that said you can have it in any color you want as long as it's black. Well, how so times have changed? That's, Look, that's what works. he thinks of his customers. Well, Apple
0: is kind of doing the same thing. Yeah you know, They give you a very limited selection of colors. It's black
1: or white. Take your choice. Apple knows what's best for most people. <laughs> I never thought I'd hear myself saying that. But, you know, I understand when, when we talk about things like having a closed environment by, by only allowing apps from the App Store. Okay. But the reward for this, which is pretty much no malware and no really misbehaving apps to the most part being protected from it i don't know it seems to me for a lot of people that's a fair deal i don't think most people care they just look and they say
0: oh i can get the app i want that's fine they don't think in terms of oh my gosh there might be other apps i can't get maybe i want a porn app or something it's not that i can't go to a porn site or something with the browser they want to do something most people don't think that way They think it's not the cup being half empty. They think of it being half full or something, that kind of thing. They look in the more positive sense, and they say, you know what? I could get all these apps. This is great. I don't worry about that. Why do I have to concern myself? I want to just turn the phone on. It's not like a personal computer. I want to turn on the phone. I want to turn on the tablet. I want to do my thing. I don't want to get involved in all that nonsense, because people have been involved in that nonsense with personal computers for 25, 30 years. Now we're trying to make it simple for them. And some people say, well, it's too simple.
1: Make it hard. And I think, you know, for the most part, for example, let's, let's look at the Mac for just a second. But I think for a lot of people, Apple's doing the right thing by shielding the user from so much of the I like to call it the ugly Unix underpinnings because, to me, Unix is ugly. It's very functional, but it's not fun. There's no fun in the functional. So I think Apple does a really good job in Mac OS X of shielding the user from the complexities and the ugliness of Unix, and more than that, offering the power user or enthusiast or just tinkerer Lots and lots of ways to, um, you know, make things the way they want. You can edit plist files. They give you the terminal. There are hundreds of utilities that change the behavior of Mac OS X, and that's good. And so, you know, I think in a lot of cases, Apple makes the judgment call of how much to shield the user. And in most cases, even if it's not right for me, which often it isn't, It's often right for Mr. and Mrs. Middle Macintosh America. You know what I mean? The issue being, of course, is the usability
0: of the product. You think about how people are going to use this. And you don't think of, well, it has this feature because you're not looking at the feature. You're looking at the usability factor, what you can do with it. And that's where we run into difficulties. That's where I think a lot of other companies do not understand that. They don't understand that, hey, folks, if I want to check my email, I want to make it easy to check my email, I want to make it easy to get online, I want to make it easy to write a word processing document. It is not, I want this feature, I want that feature. I don't think that's the way a lot of people think.
1: Oh, I I think absolutely not. I I think people just want to be able to do those things easily. We can easily say
0: this. We have Bob, Dr. Maclevitus. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live.
6: The GCN Radio Network. Providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN.
0: Great talk radio starts here.
7: Do you know which 37 crucial food items are going to fly off the shelves when the next disaster hits? If you don't, you and your family may be without food and waiting in long food lines after a big disaster strikes. You would be surprised how many people don't have these food items right now. 123survivalplan.com has set up a for Patriots only video with inside information on the 37 food items that will sell out first when the next disaster strikes. The video on 123survivalplan.com has crucial information you and your family need to prepare for any disaster natural or man-made and you won't have to be afraid of going hungry or being sent to a fema refugee camp see the video that over one million other smart patriots have already seen in the last four months prepared now go to 123 survivalplancom and learn which 37 food items you should hoard easy to remember 123 survivalplancom again that's 123 survival com.
9: What is the most abundant resource on Earth? Water. It's essential for sustaining life. But it's not always the most available. When disaster strikes, water quickly vanishes from store shelves, like it did during 9/11, Katrina, Japan, and in Joplin. Three days without water and your body begins to shut down. Don't risk being without an abundant supply of water when the next disaster hits. Get a FlowJack hand well pump. The affordable FlowJack drops right into almost any well and is easy to install without having to remove the existing pump, giving you immediate access to plenty of cool, clean water. You could risk your family's health on a limited supply of stored water, or you could be prepared with. With the reliable affordable FlowJack backup hand pump kit for only 3.99 complete see how it works at flowjack.com spelled dot com. be sure to spell dot com, or call 855 4 flowjack 855 4 flowjack that's 855 435 6525 proudly made in america flowjack hand well pumps peace of mind in a box
10: Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next.
0: We have Bob, Dr. McLevitis. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. You and Ed Begg at USA Today write all these books, and your latest ones about the iPad, right? That's correct. Yes, sir. So it's going to be what? iPad for Dummies? The new iPad for Dummies? iPad 3rd Edition for Dummies? You know what?
1: I'm glad you asked. I have the cover here, and I looked at it, and I don't even remember what they finally decided. But I believe it's just iPad for Dummies again. But and you'll have
0: an edition version number thing.
1: Well, I think it'll say something. Let me see. Let me see if I can find it.
0: Okay, he's now looking. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Advantage of Spontaneous Radio, where Bob, Dr. McLevitis, not preparing for the question in advance because I never tell him what we're going to talk about. I never tell any guest, by the way, what I'll talk about except in the most general way. I do not submit questions to anyone. And when some prospective guest says, can you send us a list of questions? I say, I don't do that. And they can decide whether to come on the show or not. He does it for me. (laughs) Right. You can believe that. You can believe anything. But seriously speaking, Okay, so So is this fourth edition, third edition?
1: I don't know. Let's see. Where else would I have hidden it? I
0: don't know. You wrote the book. Isn't it strange? But it will be a new edition. You're going to cover the new iPad. Now, really, other than specific feature differences, is there that much difference in terms of describing how these products work?
1: No, interestingly, when we were going through the book and, you know, marking it for changes, there isn't really that much that's different uh, that requires changing in in description. There are features like the retina display, but, you know, how how much can you say about that? It's about three paragraphs. That's right. Fortunately for us, um, this time around, we had already updated for iOS 5.0. So we had already made a lot of the software changes in the last edition of the book and didn't have to you know, do all of that at once. So uh, it was probably the easiest update in a while. It certainly was easier than some of the previous updates we've had to do.
0: You know, when I wrote my first Mac OS X book, which is what, 2001, and the thing I did there was provide a screenshot from the first Mac OS 1.0. The original Mac OS, and then a screenshot of Aqua, the Aqua interface. And I said, Yeah, it's nicer looking, it's prettier, but the basic fundamental functionality is 98% the same. This is true. I mean, if you, in 2007, took an iPhone, this is before we had an app store, and you worked on it, and you did things with it, and you learned how to use it, and then we're going in the time machine five years hence. We now have an iPhone 4S with iOS 5.1 on it. And yeah, the email software looks somewhat different. But fundamentally, I think 95% of what they do is the same. And most of what's different involves additional functions rather than replacement functions.
1: Are you saying that we're
0: stagnant? No, I'm saying that Apple is smart to make the products predictable and easy to use And when they make changes, they make those changes in a way that you don't have to start a new learning curve. Like we have the differences in Lion, for example, a few things that are more like the iOS. However, you can undo those changes. You know, you want full-time scroll bars rather than only when you mouse over them. No problem. You go into system preferences. You change it. You don't want scrolling in one direction. You want to make it the way it used to be in the other direction, You go and make that change. Two changes, and other than some minor look and feel things, Lions still can be used just like previous versions of the Mac OS. Whereas a certain company from Redmond, Washington, they want to change everything, confuse everyone.
1: Well, that's so they can get that big box for the upgrades.
0: If anyone wants to buy it. You know, that's an interesting point of view here. Have you played with the Windows 8 public preview?
1: No, I don't like to touch Windows unless I'm getting paid for it. It makes me feel icky. Okay. Well, I did play with it and I thought, you know, I am
0: working in an office or I have a hundred employees in my company and we set on Windows for whatever reason. Maybe we need proprietary software that requires Windows. And everyone's used to working with Windows XP, Windows 7, not that much difference. Now I've got Metro, this tiled thing that's on the screen. Why do I have to deal with this thing? I think a lot of businesses are going to say, we don't want to invest in retraining. We don't mind a better version of Windows. We're not going to buy this because this is like revisiting Bob all over again. And not (laughs) the Bob of Levitas, the Bob of this silly childish interface that Microsoft came out with back in the 1990s.
1: It was never very popular.
0: I think four people used it. It was the butt of many jokes. Well, I don't think we'd laugh so much about Metro. It's just that I wonder. Metro is basically derived from the interface on the Zune and Windows Phone, both of which have been well, failures. Well,
1: and the Zune was just such a big hit. Yeah. I have a, t- I have a, I have a uh, photo that I use in some of my slide presentations when I talk to like user groups of a guy with a Zune tattoo. Does that not say... I'm a loser. Nothing says I'm a loser like a Zune tattoo.
0: I think it says that particular person might be in need of help. Don't get me started. (laughs) Actually, I'll tell you a story here. This is true. A couple of years back, I'm at a local convenience store to buy coffee. All right. Sitting outside, they're two 20-somethings. And they were trying to sell their Zunes to people. And nobody would talk to them. And I said, you're trying to sell your Zoom. Why? Well, we want to sell our Zoom. I said, okay. And I didn't really pursue the issue, but it was obvious they needed to get rid of it or needed the cash, whatever. And they kept trying to sell it. Nobody would look at them. Nobody would pay them a moment's attention. I think if they gave that thing away, people wouldn't take it.
1: Yeah, I think that was pretty much the way everybody felt about them. They wouldn't even use it if it were free.
0: You know, it's kind of unfortunate, you know. You think a company spends billions of dollars to develop something. People don't want it. But then they didn't want the Zoom. They clearly don't want Windows Phone, although we have a guest coming on this week who's going to talk about the new Nokia phone that's being sold by AT&T sporting Windows Phone. But so far, people haven't bought that either. So why would Microsoft think, That taking the same basic interface, grafting it on to a desktop operating system is going to succeed?
1: Um, For the same reason they've thought all of their other failed initiatives were going to succeed? I think part of it was hubris. You know, they believe
0: we are Microsoft, we have all this money, we have been number one for so long on personal computers, anything we produce
1: must succeed.
2: And going by that philosophy, they do silly things.
1: I think they're starting to realize that's not necessarily the case anymore. I mean, what's the last hit they've had? Office?
0: I guess the Xbox did well, but they put in billions of dollars before that thing started to make a profit. And I think if you consider how much they lost on it, it's going to take years, if ever, to make up that difference. And now that's an interesting thing, too, I want to ask you about, which is gaming. Now, obviously, the gaming experience on an iPad with a retina display has to be extraordinary because of the higher resolution graphics, the fact that more and more games will be coming out to take advantage of that, and the faster graphics chip. So the question is here, at what point do people say, I don't need the gaming console, I'd rather just have an iPad or use AirPlay and use an Apple TV and put it on my regular TV set. By the way, did I tell you folks that we have a weekly newsletter? Yes, we do. We've had over 600 weekly issues consecutively of the Tech Night Owl newsletter. And here's how you get a copy. You just go to newsletter.technightowl.com. Once again, that's newsletter.technightowl.com. And you can sign up and you get my cutting-edge commentaries, Ahead of everyone who checks the site. Get it a couple of days ahead. Newsletter, technightowl.com. We have Bob Dr. McLevitis. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Owl Live.
6: America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network.
11: Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War,
8: What if pain could be reduced, ailments could be alleviated, physical and mental stress could be eased, and blood circulation increased, all by simply lying down? Introducing the original Biomat. The Biomat is an FDA-registered medical device that combines deep, penetrating infrared space-age technology and revitalizing negative ions with the incredible healing power of amethyst crystals. A Biomat can boost your immune system, relieve pain and stiffness, reduce stress and fatigue, and assist in detoxifying your body. Join the thousands of people reporting relief from chronic pain, fibromyalgia, arthritis, sports injuries, insomnia, and much more. Each Biomat comes with a lifetime trade-in and three-year warranty. Learn more at bio-mats.com, spelled B-I-O-M ats.com or call 360-944-8692 that's 360-944-8692 visit bio-mats.com today and enhance your life with a biomat
12: that's what it sounds like when a burglar kicks in the door of a dark house that looks like no one is home Don't let your home be the next target. Make it look like someone is home watching television with fake TV. Fake TV is a small electronic device that makes the same light as a real television. So from outside, it looks like someone is home watching TV. Fake TV plugs in just like a lamp on a timer, but is far more convincing to burglars. Fake TV deters burglars, costs far less than an alarm, and is highly recommended by numerous police departments. Use it anytime you're away from home. To order your fake TV for only $34.95, go to faketv.com. Or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. Each additional fake TV is only $29.95, so get one for you and one for a loved one for safety, security, and peace of mind for both of you. Call eight seven seven five F 5 fake tv or go to FAKE-TV.com.
13: fake the burglar deterrent. BePrepared.com is making deals in April because you need to be prepared now and you need to save. BePrepared.com is the official site of Emergency Essentials, a 24 year leader in emergency preparedness supplies. Everything from long term food storage to emergency kits, water storage and filtration to alternative light and heat sources. What's on sale? Now through April 30th, save 28% on a freeze dried garden vegetable combo which includes peas, corn, beans, cauliflower, celery and onions. Save 33% on the Catadine Hiker Micro filter, new instant white rice as low as $849, and a 72-hour MRE food and water supply, a $72 value for only $49.99 and much more at BePrepared.com. Call 800-999-1863 to experience exceptional customer service and our low price guarantee. That's 800-999-1863. Hurry, the BePrepared.com April sale ends April 30th. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. Do you know
10: what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg.
0: We have Bob, Dr. Mac Levitas. I'm Gene Steinberg. you in the Tech Night Owl live. Bob has just completed, along with Ed Beg from USA Today,
1: a new, was it, iPad for dummies book yes it's called ipad for dummies fourth edition and right there on the cover it says also covers the ipad 2 and original ipad so regardless of your ipad you're covered in this book it's so good we cover covered. all of the generations it's a book for all generations
0: a timeless classic talking timeless about games fun. apple is bringing game center of course to the Mac with you Mountain You mean
1: in, Lion. Ma- in Mountain Lion?
0: Yes. And they're going hey, what to what are have-
1: they going to name the one after Mountain Lion? They're out of Jungle Cats. I think they're going to have to call it after me, Bobcat. Okay, or they'll go to dogs. No dogs. Oh, no. dogs would be cool, I think. This first. is Mac OS 11 Lapso-Opso. <laughs> Mac OS 11 Dachshund.
0: Mac OS 12. Gesundheit. Thank you
1: you
0: say uh, all right wasn't that good the timing's just fabulous okay
1: oh uh, what i was going to say before when i was looking for the the uh, speed numbers was that my um lte third generation ipad from verizon which is real lte all the way it's not Fau
0: lte it's real lte
1: no my iphone 4s has Fau lte it's actually Fau 4g That lights up a 4G light, even though it's not 4G. It's 3.5G. But the iPad, the third-generation iPad, was significantly faster for downloading and really significantly faster for uploading over the LTE network uh, than anything else I've tested over a cellular data network. Is the fastest I've seen. And in some cases, they were faster than Wi-Fi here at my house, which is pretty good Wi-Fi.
0: Now, the question I asked you before we split for a brief break about gaming. Are we seeing here that Apple is poised to basically destroy all the companies that make gaming consoles because of what they're doing?
1: You know, it's hard to say yet, but they're going to have, you know, this AirPlay thing is like a sleeper. If you don't have an Apple TV, then you don't realize that you can take whatever you've got on your screen of your iDevice and watch it on an HDTV wirelessly uh, with $99 Apple TV box. And that says to me, Apple wants to own your living room. You know, Apple wants to eventually establish a, a beachhead in your living room so that they will manage your media and you will use their stuff to you know, get it on the screen. And what they've got now, this AirPlay feature, is pretty cool. And if you don't have an Apple TV, you've never seen it, but I walk out in my den, and whatever I'm looking at on my uh, iPad, if my kids are around or my wife is around and I want them to see, I just flick a tap a little thing on the screen, and instantly it uh, shows up on the HD TV whatever I'm seeing on the screen. But now you're asking about gaming. Have you seen a game called, for example... Uh, Real Racing 2. Tell me about Real Racing 2. The steering wheel and accelerator and um, statistics are on the iPad, but the track, what you see out your window on the track is on your big screen TV. Now, that's a question too
0: here. Some people say Apple must come out with a dedicated, hard-buttoned gaming controller to really take over that market. That the virtual gaming controllers or buttons is not quite there.
1: I think that's probably true for now, but in a few years it might not be anymore. The hardcore gamers for now are going to buy Xboxes and PlayStations because nothing really can give you those kind of frame rates and that kind of gaming experience um, on your big screen TV so easily. And, you know, at some point, I think... Some of the iPad games will rival that experience. And the pricing on the iPad games, or even on all iGames, is a lot more reasonable. You don't have a lot of $60 titles. I don't think you have very many at all games that are $60. Now, someone pointed out that the Android OS
0: has provisions to allow you to hook up a game controller with the Android OS on a tablet or a smartphone. And the suggestion being that Apple could do that, too. Maybe in the next version of the iOS, have some kind of interface scheme. It would have to be done in software. Obviously, they can't do it in the hardware unless it's a new generation device. Well,
1: remember this. uh, uh, The um, camera connection kit, the iPad or iPhone camera connection kit, lets you plug in all sorts of USB devices, and many of them work Like Magic, without any driver, for example, MIDI keyboards work, a lot of them. Regular keyboards work. A lot of cameras work. Um, So it's possible that, you know, you could have a game controller that plugs in either through the camera connection kit or, more likely, has a 30-pin connector so you can connect it to your iPhone or iPad. It would require, basically, though, some software or firmware adjustment, that's all. Absolutely. Apple would have to... You know, Apple would have to open the kimono and allow it, and the game developers would have to build support in for it. But if something good comes along and it becomes popular, that's how stuff like that happens.
0: And as I said, if that were to happen, the future of the gaming console industry would be in doubt because as these devices get more and more powerful, well, at that particular point in time, the number of people who buy the dedicated gaming consoles will go down. Yes.
1: Well, I think um, I, I think there's a whole generation that aren't going to buy another gaming console. They're going to just be content with you know what they can do on their Mac or their iPad or whatever, and they'll use their Xbox until you know, until it breaks or something. But they're not in the you know they're not going to go to the next generation of console games. But well, where is the next generation, generation Xbox? To Today's Xbox is what? Five, six years old? years old? I don't know. It feels like it's 10 years old. I don't know. It's old. But so's the PS3. You know, neither of them is, is very new technology. But when they came out, they were real cutting edge. So they're not, I don't think, obsolete. The question is, though, what are they going to do to make you want to spend 300 bucks on the next one? And whatever they do, it's got to be backwards compatible so that your game library, you know, goes with you when you upgrade.
0: And it still comes down to the problem here of competing with the people who have the smartphones and the tablets, which is all about Apple again.
1: Well, and I think that you're going to see all but the most serious gamers are going to be happy with the quality of the games you can get on your iPad or iPhone. I mean, some of the stuff I've seen, like Infinity Blade, is at least as beautiful as any console game. It's just gorgeous, but playing with your finger by swiping on the screen, the gameplay I don't think is sophisticated enough for the serious hardcore gamer that wants thirty buttons and triggers and all the you know all that controller stuff. Speak for Me, yourself. I'm happier. I'm happier with fewer controls. My my kids kick my butt on Xbox stuff because it's like oh. Dad, just you double tap the X, then the blue, then the red, then the blue, 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 and then the trigger on the right. Okay, I'll remember that.
0: For about five seconds. And then you look at actually gestures, which can go in that way. Well, this is three fingers, this is four fingers, and you go down and you go sideways. And Microsoft's got more gestures, I think, in Windows 8 than Apple has in the iOS or the Mac OS. And I think, how many more gestures can you have before you use the middle finger and point it straight up at the device and say, forget about it?
1: Yeah, there's one gesture you can make with your middle finger. Just point it towards Redmond and say, I've had all I can take and I won't take anymore. Right.
0: Of course. We understand that.
1: Well, if Microsoft doesn't get
0: the message and if Windows 8 doesn't really do very much... You have to think about the long haul. What's going to happen with Microsoft? You say, well, how could Microsoft suffer? They're number one in the market. Yeah, but how many companies that were very big, say in the 80s or 90s, disappeared?
1: Well, because I they couldn't what,
0: remain relevant.
1: I think what you have to think about is who's going to make the operating system for all those generic boxes that you know people buy the little 200 and $300 computers. And if it's not some flavor of windows what will it be you know i mean sure but uh, the other problem
0: uh, is here if they lose the higher-end customer people aren't going to pay the humongous upgrade fees for windows especially with apple almost giving away the os by the way did i tell you folks that we have a weekly newsletter yes we do we've had over 600 weekly issues consecutively of the tech night owl newsletter and here's how you get a copy You just go to newsletter.technightowl.com. Once again, that's newsletter.technightowl.com. And you can sign up and you get my cutting-edge commentaries ahead of everyone who checks the site. Get it a couple of days ahead. We've got one more segment with Bob, Dr. McLevitas. Are you tired
6: of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network.
5: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: Bob, Dr. McLevitus says he's hungry, so we can only do one more segment with us. We're taking him away from his lunch. Feed me. Oh, no, not if you sing that way. That was from Little Shop of Horrors. Ah, yes. And who was the actor who played the plant in Little Shop of Horrors, the movie? Oh heck, if I know. Who who did the voice of the plant? Levi Stubbs,
1: the late Levi Stubbs. I know who who was the voice. I mean, there is no voice. There's no other voice like that. That guy was an amazing singer. And when Um, he said four
0: tops, you you, know, he says, "Reach out, and I'll be there." You believe he'll be there.
1: When he says, feed me, you want to feed him. That's right. Levi Stubbs. What was his name? He said Levi Stubbs. No, 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 in the movie. I have no idea.
0: I don't recall. Audrey. Audrey. The plant's name was Audrey. Well, you remember more than I did. I saw the movie exactly once, what, 15, 20 years ago?
1: Yeah, I did too, but it made an impression. Rick Moranis played the nerdy guy.
0: Who took care of this alien plant yes this was on the heels of ghostbusters he became famous in ghostbusters so playing a nerdy kind of guy a nerdy accountant
1: well there was a band that came out with an album called 14 minutes and 59 seconds which i thought was a very clever title for you know that kind of thing rick moranis he became famous and then well no one really knows Whatever happened to Rick
0: Moranis? We remember him from Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, Little Shop of Horror is the movie, but
1: what Ghostbusters happened? Ghostbusters 3. Well, I don't know. There but, might you know, be a Ghostbusters a 3. They're debating that. Seriously. I have a tip for your listeners. If okay. you're curious and you don't know the answer, might I suggest the Internet Movie Database? They have an app, by the way, for the iPhone. And it's free. And That's it's right. awesome. If you want to play Kevin Bacon, there's no more authoritative source for the six degrees of Kevin Bacon game, among other things. I mean, it's very useful for research also.
0: Okay, Rick Moranis, whose real name is Frederick Allen Moranis. He was born April 18th, 1953, almost his birthday, and he's going to be 59. It's almost my birthday. And he's still doing mostly voice work. I'm seeing here. He's done some TV stuff, but mostly voice work in more recent years. Not a lot, though. I mean, if you look at him, it doesn't look like he did very much after 2006. So
1: maybe he's retired. His 15 minutes are up. That's right. Guy's 5 foot 4 inches tall. Well, that's what happened.
0: (laughs) He's short. That's right. And he didn't know how to sing that song, Short People. He, oh, you ready for this? He released an album, a comedy country album in 2005 called The Agoraphobic Cowboy.
1: Tell me you made that up. Internet Movie Database. I speak... Well, they made it up. Don't they make stuff up? Wait, no, that's uh, Wikipedia.
0: Yeah. But that's it? Yes. Okay. And the part he was going to play, he played in Ghostbusters? was originally meant for John Candy. But Candy dropped out and Moranis dropped in. Why are we talking about Rick Moranis? I have no idea.
1: You are the host. You're supposed to bring this thing back. uh... I'll bring it back. Let's bring it back home
0: here because we have five minutes left. Okay. Of the stuff that you put together for iPad for Dummies, fourth edition... Can you give us one or two really cool hints for, especially the new iPad, but I guess, for any of them?
1: Well, the new iPad, I'll tell you a couple of things. One is uh, if you've had an iPad and you've written off the camera as uh, useless or anything like that, I don't think it's useless. It's just not the best camera. The new third-generation iPad camera is a lot better, and the video has this uh, auto-shake control. You know, it, it filters out shake. It automatically stabilizes. I don't know. Whatever it is, it, it, it's not great, but it works and certainly has an impact on that, uh, what's that movie, Blair Witch effect, You know, where, where the camera's bop, bopping up and down when you walk.
0: That's the <clears throat> handheld camera effect. They tried that with a TV show called The River, and it went kaput. Well, that's because it makes people vomit. Okay, let's not get too graphic here. Okay. This oh is a I'm sorry. Show.
1: Okay. It makes people uh, Okay, so sick. we have
0: the better camera with stabilization. Better camera improvement. Reading
1: Maybe. reading is a whole new ball game. If you've uh, previously used an iPad two or even iPad one to read, uh, they're pretty good. But when you read on the new one, you will just marvel at how beautiful uh, text is, even in very small sizes. Very easy to read. Uh, you can zoom in, and it doesn't get discombobulated. It doesn't jaggy out. You, you know, it, the screen is so good, you have to go see it, and especially if you're a reader, you have to go read off it and then decide whether you need one or not. You know, it's it's an upgrade that nobody really needs. If you already own an iPad, it doesn't really do much new. Uh, it takes dictation. It's
0: not Siri. It's just a dedicated dictation product. By the way, as you were talking, remember I have a Performance MX mouse from Logitech? Yes. My complaint, there is never any visual display when the battery is about to go kaput. As you were talking, guess what happened to the battery? The red light came
1: on. No, it went kaput. The battery went kaput with no warning. That's right. Well, I think you've got a dud. You should order a new one. Well, if
0: Logitech wants to
1: replace this one, I'm
0: happy to have it.
1: I bought a replacement that's in the cupboard just in case something goes wrong with this one because the last one, the Revolution MX, which I loved probably as much or more, went out of production. I had one of those to spare, and when it bit the dust, I couldn't find a replacement for it. So this is really not my favorite design. I like the previous design a little better. But I have two of them just in case because, and I have two keyboards. The keyboard I like is the Microsoft Ergonomic Comfort Keyboard 4000, the one that is uh, raked in the opposite direction from most keyboards with the F keys lower than the space bar. Supposedly, this is more comfortable. I tried
0: those ergonomic keyboards for a long, long time. Microsoft, Logitech, etc.
1: Ended up going back to a regular keyboard. Well, this is the only one that's worked for me, but the keys in the middle, like the uh, N and the H and the Y and the T and the G, uh, which you hit with your biggest finger, your index finger, are bigger keys on this keyboard. It's split, and it's got a very comfortable palm rest, and it, it really, if you stretch your hands out in front of you and let them relax naturally, you'll see that they fall pretty much into the position that they'd be on this keyboard, which makes it really comfortable. Um, I probably have tested two dozen keyboards, including probably five or six other ergonomic keyboards. And this was the only one that really had all of the characteristics that work for me. One is the keys are really, they have a really nice tactile response. They're, They're quiet, but they bounce a little. And the second is the way that the tilt goes from the palm rest downward to the F keys, I think, is a more natural way to you know, have your fingers. And I don't get fatigue or uh, strain or stress pain from typing, even when I spend long hours, which sometimes I do. I've been known to put in a couple hours at the keyboard once in a while. Bob Levitas, tell us where we can find more of the stuff you do. Go to Boblevitis.com. And uh, if you look on the bookstore page or the, the shop page, you'll find links to all of my latest books at Amazon.com at amazingly low prices. And by the
0: way, the new book is iPad for Dummies, fourth edition, written with Ed Baig from USA Today. We look forward to that. Bob, Dr. Mac Levitas, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Always a pleasure, Gene. Coming up next on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll introduce John Rettinger from the TechBuffalo.com website. He's going to review a new Nokia smartphone said to be the poster child for the Windows Phone Operating System.
11: Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War,
9: Don't answer it.
12: If fear strikes your heart when the phone rings knowing it may be another bill collector it's time for you to call Zero Debt in 90 Days 800-477-9256 Settlements, bankruptcy and attorneys are not the answer and may end up costing you up to 10 times more than necessary Listen, if you're already in debt does it make sense to get buried in another payment plan? Zero Debt in 90 Days gets you out of debt in 90 days guaranteed without a payment plan and without attorneys or going to court Get the fastest relief from debt on the planet when you call 800-477-9256. If you have debt with the IRS, credit cards, student loans, or a foreclosure, we can help at Zero Debt in 90 Days, and we are the only organization to provide written guarantees on the results. Go to zerodebtguaranteed.com. That's zerodebtguaranteed.com. Or call now for free information, 800-477-9256. That's 800-477-9256.
4: Did you know that gold and silver contain healing properties? It's true. Since the beginning of mankind's history, gold and silver have not only been used as real money, but also for healing our minds and bodies. UtopiaSilver.com is your leading source for colloidal silver and colloidal gold, offering supplement protocols that can heal and enhance your health, protocols for boosting the immune system, insomnia, yeast infections, herpes, and countering the effects of vaccinations and radiation poisoning. And now, Utopia. UtopiaSilver.com encourages the use of real money with this buy one, get one free real money special. For details on your colloidal silver and colloidal gold supplements, call 888-213-4338 and ask about 50% off for first-time customers. That's 888-213-4338 or visit UtopiaSilver.com, UtopiaSilver.com. Fighting for liberty and healing one American at a time.
5: We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl. dot com. That's news at technightowl. dot com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl. dot com slash radio. That's technightowl. dot com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. The head guy at Techno
0: Buffalo, John Rettinger, joins us on the Tech Night Out Live. He's a new friend of the show, and I kind of like him already because he seems like a nice guy. And his wife's maiden name is Steinberg, but we're not somehow related. I don't think. <laughs> it's good to be here, Gene. And who knows, you guys might be related. We'll have to share family histories. <laughs> you know, of course, I was born in twelve
14: fifteen B.C. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she missed the invention of the wheel but uh, she was here for the invention of the Internet. Okay, so she took your iPad and won't let you have it back. (laughs) She insisted on her own. I'm trying to nerd her up. You nerded her up. You got kids? No kids. No kids yet, but we do have a puppy. Okay. Does the puppy kind
0: of lick the iPad or the Lumia 900 or something?
14: Listen, I can't keep the puppy away from Angry Birds.
0: Oh, boy. Got to watch those puppies. (laughs) Actually, we gave away our puppy before our son was born, and the reason is the puppy was kind of not a puppy then; it was an adult dog. He was kind of a nervous sort, and we worried about how he'd behave
14: That's with a child in the house. Reasonable, so. reasonable concern. We got our puppy as sort of a trial to see if we could uh, keep a puppy alive. Then maybe we could keep a kid alive in a few years. Well,
0: you know, I think the kids a little bit harder. You know, you know, the puppy su- kind of takes care of itself as it grows up. The I kids sus- need a lot of work the first I few years. I suspect you're
14: right. So you mean with a kid, you can't just put it in its crate and take it out in the backyard when it has to go to the bathroom?
0: Uh, no, and, and I assure you that Mrs. Rettinger is going to insist <laughs> that her hubby change the diapers too.
14: You know, I can, I can support diaper changing. You know, I can, I can uh, cheer in the background.
0: No, you have to do it.
14: Uh-uh. No support. I mean, I'm going to have a talk with her. I mean, we we share a similar last name. You guys are kindred spirits. You know what, Gene? I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty, uh, literally and metaphorically. Well, with the dog, you
0: probably had to clean up a few of the spoils until the dog got house-trained.
14: Yeah, uh, she's just about house-trained now. How old is she? She's uh, six months old. Now my wife's working on trying to house-train me, which has proven to be equally as difficult. I understand that's impossible. <laughs> you know, We techno
0: nerds, you know how it is. It's, it's- tough. I don't,
14: I don't break easy.
0: Hey, listen, obviously, we've heard stories about the so-called decline and fall of Yahoo oh, yes. for several years. And this week, there's a story in Reuters that 2,000 people or 14% of Yahoo's workforce being laid off. Now, what's going on there? I mean, it doesn't seem they're going anywhere... No. It seems that they are yesterday's news. And when we
14: used to hear those commercials, Yahoo, now we want to say, oh, forget it. So let me ask you a question, Gene. Have you ever had a moment in your life that you wish you could go back on? There must be one. Everybody's got that one moment they wish they could do differently. I can give you a list. <laughs> well, I, I can am, give you such I, a long <laughs> list of the things that I wish I could have done differently. I am willing to bet that former Yahoo co-founder Jerry Yang wished he could go back to that Microsoft offer to buy Yahoo. Remember that from uh, about a year and a half, two years ago? That's right. Um, and, and he would have said yes. Would have said yes and taken that sweetheart of a deal, uh, which would have. They were offering what, like $40 billion or something? Yeah, I think it was 1. 1.3 1. 3 to 1.5 what the current uh, share price was. You know, the decision that you might look back and change would have just affected probably your life. Jerry Yang's awful lack of foresight is affecting thousands of people. So certainly Yahoo's decline. Um, rests squarely on his shoulders. And uh, I'm not one for scapegoating, but I am one for assigning blame when blame is due. And turning that down costs real people, real jobs, put hardships on real families, and is going to alter not only the search landscape, but the internet landscape for the foreseeable future.
0: It already did when they made that deal with Microsoft to put Bing as a search engine, because basically it's Bing and Yahoo Bing. Yep. Then, of course, you have Google they basically did half the loaf. They did probably take over Yahoo, in a sense, on the cheap by taking control of the search.
14: Microsoft got the milk and never had to buy the cow.
0: Such a deal. And then
14: (laughs) ultimately, (laughs) if
0: Yahoo fails, basically Microsoft takes over the brand for dirt cheap. They buy the spoils and say, okay, we'll call our search Yahoo because maybe Bing isn't catching on. I don't you know. know.
14: They, they've got the option uh, to do that. Certainly, there's there's some brand equity now in the big name. But Yahoo was run so horribly, and decisions were made. And obviously, we're looking back in hindsight. And decisions were made so poorly. There's no reason that Yahoo should be where they're at right now. I will say this. The only reason I ever use Yahoo anymore is for their awesome fantasy sports applications. Other than that, I haven't checked Yahoo in years.
0: Well, I know Yahoo. Of course, they have their email system, yahoo.com. And... They don't even support current standards. Like, for example, if you go to Gmail, you can get IMAP mail, which, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know what IMAP is, it basically means your messages are stored on the server. So whether you access it with an email client or online, the messages are on the server. They're always in sync. Yahoo doesn't support that. Even in their premium version that you have to pay for, they don't. It's like
14: they're living in 2001. It is so surprising. I used to use Yahoo Mail as my main mail, and I switched over to Gmail. I wanted to forward my, uh, have that mail forwarded over. I uh, had to upgrade to the premium platform in order to forward mail. Now, certainly there's value associated with it, but in this age when email's free uh, and email's a commodity, it was, it was surprising to see Yahoo go down that revenue model.
0: Well, I know that we've used Gmail here for services for the company, but recently we actually switched to a small company in Montreal called Polaris Mail, and that's just amazing. You know, it offers ActiveSync kind of mail with their email system, not just exchange, but able to have push email on any mobile device with support for Microsoft ActiveSync. They give you 25 gigabyte mailboxes. I sound like a commercial here.
14: But I know I was, the owner, was, a guy named you're doing, George. You're doing an ad read right there. I was going to say that's incredible product placement.
0: You know, it's a guy named George owns the company. It's a small family-run company, and it's just really great. Great spam protection, better than Gmail's spam protection. Oh, but you know, seriously, we- let's go back to Yahoo here. <laughs> okay, we're looking here at 2012, and assuming the world doesn't end later this year, as one but not all Mayan calendars insists, and there's no great changeover. How long do we give Yahoo before the company goes? Maybe the brand will persevere, but the company goes kaput.
14: The death clock is definitely ticking. Now, now, the big question here is, who has more time on their death clock, RIM or Yahoo?
0: Well, I don't know. You know, this is one where we could kind of say it's 60 of one, 40 of another, but we don't know <laughs> which.
14: I, I would say that the Yahoo brand will stick around, but uh, Yahoo, as we currently know it, I would guess will not be in its current form this time next year.
0: And you think basically it's just going to be
14: Microsoft fully controlling the brand? I, I would assume that Microsoft's having control of their algorithms is huge. I'm not sure Microsoft even has any interest in the Yahoo brand anymore. In fact, it might be in their best interest for the Yahoo brand to not even exist, which certainly would you know, potentially increase market share for Bing. Certainly it would help Google as well. Well, it
0: helps the first fold full- All the internet access into Microsoft. So you click on Yahoo, you go to the Microsoft Yahoo, and then slowly it fades away. And one day you wake up and you're now at Microsoft servers, you're no longer at Yahoo servers.
14: Yeah, so you know, there's certainly the potential for that as well, and you know, eliminating what I guess could be considered competition, uh, you know, certainly helps. And we all know that Microsoft loves going down the attempted monopoly routes, and certainly they'd be dealing with a, a duopoly with Google.
0: They sure would, but will that help them against Google? Who knows? We have John Rettinger of TechnoBuffalo.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Alive. <laughs> Say, wouldn't it be great if that computer keyboard sitting on your desk also worked with your iPhone? Sending a text message would be lightning fast. This is exactly the idea behind the Matthias One Keyboard for iPhone and Mac. You just need to experience it once to see how incredibly fast and convenient it really is. It's also available for the PC and BlackBerry. Visit onekeyboard.com slash TNO. Once again, onekeyboard.com slash TNO
15: Iodine protection packs from hempusa.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with micro plant powder. Visit us at hempusa.org or call 908-691-2608 today.
5: If you are a sales professional and you love to help people and make money, stop everything and listen to me now. InspectorAudit.com is hiring brokers nationwide. InspectorAudit.com is the primary source for exposing all loan-related bank and servicing fraud. If you're passionate, driven to succeed, and you want to earn real money, then we want you. Call InspectorAudit.com right now at 855-552-9932. InspectorAudit.com,
2: 855-552-9932. Commissions paid daily. we the
12: What's going to happen next? You never
10: know when you're listening to The Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg.
0: I'm Gene Steinberg. We're in The Tech Night Owl Live. John Rettinger joining us for the first time in the show. We're talking about... The rise and fall of Yahoo. And before we get into your review of the new Microsoft Windows phone product that Nokia has, let me ask you quickly here. Research in motion. We were not going to take bets how long that company is going to last, but it doesn't seem as if the new CEO
14: has any better strategy than the ones he replaced. You know, so it was interesting. Uh, RIM announced their quarterly earnings late last week, and uh, new CEO, uh, Thorsten Hines, I believe his name is, uh, said that he can't guarantee success of the company and that they are open to having discussions about licensing, which is a complete reversal from what the previous dual CEOs said. So I, while I think he's doing the best job he can, he inherited a really bad situation. Uh, and I think he's trying to make lemonade, uh, so to speak. RIM missed the boat big time, they ignored consumers. They ignored ignored the consumer market altogether and rested on their laurels with the enterprise users. This is the same company who didn't want to spend R&D dollars, so offered two versions of phones, one that had Wi-Fi and one that had GPS, and made consumers pick. They don't have a modern operating system. They've got QNX found on the BlackBerry Playbook, but that has not yet migrated over to the smartphone world and probably won't make it until end of 2012, early 2013, which is probably about a year and a half to two years too late for people to care.
0: You see, right now, and we're going to get into more of this when we look at the new Nokia phone, it is Apple's iOS, it's Google's Android, and Microsoft is, you know, bringing up the rear because we have to consider research in motion almost irrelevant. So Microsoft is trying to make something out of Windows Phone. And I have to tell you something. I mean, I use... Apple's products, but I kind of hope Microsoft makes a go of this. And the reason is we need this competition. We can't just have two companies run the entire industry, which is what's going to happen. We've got to have three or four players with substantial products leapfrogging each other with features so that we know
14: that there is innovation in the industry. Gene, I'm so happy you mentioned it. And I've talked about this a lot in videos and on Techno Buffalo. When companies compete, the consumers always win. That's what drives companies forward. That's what's made Android a a viable competitor in the um, marketplace, having to compete with iOS. It's made iOS have to be better, having to try and stay one step ahead of of Android. And uh, I'm almost exclusively an Apple user, but I'm a huge fan of Windows Phone 7. It's a tremendous operating system. It's Metro UI, which we're going to see in their new desktop operating system, Windows 8, coming October-ish, is really elegant. You know what? I have
0: a totally opposite viewpoint.
14: Really? I think it's dreadful. I think it violates
0: all the good tenets of web design. I think, for example, that the tiles, you have basically white lettering, thin white lettering on these dark or shaded tiles. It looks perfectly ugly to me. It's like 1990s. And it's harder to read and separate the icons because, you know, obviously with Apple and with Android – You are looking at the, not just the name, you're not looking at the name, you're looking at the shape. You always know when you pick up your iPhone, this is Apple Mail, not looking at the label that says Mail. You always know it's Apple Mail, you know it's Yelp, you know it's WordPress. These work better from visual recognition than having almost identically shaped tiles with different labels on them that are not always as easy to read but i'll grant that's
14: a personal opinion okay sure so I, I i've respect- been on the internet since you know the <laughs> 1980s so i respectfully disagree with that uh, okay first fine. You, you can change tile colors and you can change background colors from white to black but the tiles do have a male icon on them and they do same mail. uh and every icon in ios is the same size just like every tile in windows phone is the same size
0: let's look at the Issues here. Obviously, when it comes to an operating system, we're talking here about preference. Absolutely right. So, if you like the interface Metro, okay, you're gonna love it. You have Windows
14: Phone, you have Windows 8, which I've used and played with. So So you like it. it. it, 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 It's a very solid operating system. You can see your information at a glance, and uh, it's very elegant, and it just it works. Very Well, surprisingly for Microsoft, it's also very intuitive, uh, and it plays nicely with Apple computers. Uh, There's a desktop syncing client that lets you sync over your photos, lets you move over your video, and really makes it easier to be a Mac user uh, and using a Windows operating system.
0: All right, well, that's important. I think one thing I've seen, though, is that Google has become the enemy, and Microsoft and Apple, you know, they kind of get along these days, really. I mean, you have features that Apple licenses from Microsoft, like ActiveSync, um, their mobile devices. Obviously, Bing is now one of the default search engines for Safari Mm -hmm. on the desktop and on the mobile platform. So Microsoft can make money from Apple, and they always sell plenty of copies of Office. So in that sense, we can see where it's working. And if you have an alternate operating system and you have the preference of maybe liking that, that's good. Now, let's look at the nuts and bolts. Before we go into the phone, let's look at the nuts and bolts of where Windows Phone is. This is version 7.5 that recently came out, right?
14: Correct. The second release of it, which added uh, LTE compatibility.
0: Okay. Now, let's go into the different things that we think about with operating systems. Multitasking, how
14: does it do it? All right. So it does what's called, or Microsoft is calling tombstoming, which is sort of a a scary name. Uh, But all it does is suspend the applications. It means if you run too many apps, you die. (laughs) <laughs> so it, it suspends yeah, I think you can, can multitask I believe seven or eight applications So essentially it just suspends them completely uh, You hold down the back button And you get almost a webOS looking stack Of applications You can scroll through and you can pick the one you want And resume it It's a very simple interface It's not true multitasking though The applications aren't running in the background they, They're suspended They can't uh, do background tasks no, there they no can send
0: push notifications.
14: Uh, there are not push notifications. So some core applications run in the background, so mail can always be checking in the background. Right, um, but, but there's probably- no
0: such thing. So, for example, if the New York Times has a headline about, for example, Romney wins three primaries, I will get a push notification on my iPhone. will display a push notification from the New York Times or USA Today or whatever services I've activated, but I don't have that yet in Windows Phone. This is something that may have to come in the future.
14: No, so uh, things like that actually are there. You can get a, a live tile application that will show you that information as it comes in. What I mean by, by true multitasking, so if you're playing a video in the background and you want to go ahead and browse, um, browse your email, that video is going to stop playing right where you left it. Uh, so if I'm
0: printing and go to another application, I'm sending something through ePrint, which is mm-hmm. what Hewlett Packard's online printing service is, Yes. It's going to suspend anything when I go to another app. It's uh, not going to do anything yes. in the background except maybe Microsoft's own core selection of apps. Exactly. So except okay. for some
14: core applications, uh, it'll Okay, so this whatever.
0: strikes me basically
14: as being iOS of three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's certainly iOS E, and it's still what iOS does now. Um, it doesn't run true multitasking either. It's, it suspends some right, things. but, some things that but it it's,
0: more, it's more reflective of what multitasking requires in other words what apple did was say we have seven or eight different functions that reflect what the result of multitasking is and we implement them in such a way to have the smallest amount of drain on battery life whereas for example with android Mm -hmm.
14: you know all bets are off Uh, you know and that's true it's up to the user to manage uh, how multitasking is run uh do you really want
0: that you know the power user may love it but the average
14: person, I just want to run my apps. I don't need to know this. App, you know, and you're, you're absolutely right. And what the approach that Microsoft has taken is very similar to maybe what Apple introduced three years ago, uh, but similar to what Apple is still doing now.
0: Right. It's just like maybe they have to go a couple of more steps to get there. They're uh, at the he, step where Apple was a couple of years ago, but they don't have a push notification feature. You've got to bring up a tile that has
14: notices. Uh, the, the, the tile will show that notice, those notices right on the home screen that you're having to open it. Now, if you want to read the application, you have to open the tile. But just like on iOS, you'd have to open up that notification. Um, well, you know you just,
0: you just tap it. You tap the notification. It. If it's locked, you unlock it, tap the notification, and you go right to the and app that's that still, delivers that that's, notification. That's
14: still the same number of steps uh, on Windows Phone if you have that live tile pinned to your home screen.
0: Okay, so if you tap it, it will take you to the app? It will. Okay. All right, it's similar, but not quite. But it sounds like <laughs> it, they're trying to get to some kind of consideration of that. It's, it's
14: close. You know, you're, you're, you're trying to get me to say that Windows Phone isn't where, uh, isn't where iOS is. but uh, It's in not, a lot, but then in a we'll in a lot continue. Of ways. Let's I continue and look to look at how way. it is anyway. Maybe it doesn't matter for some people. John Rettinger
0: joins us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live.
6: America's number one source for
11: independent talk radio for
6: over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network.
11: Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then... That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition.
17: So you're a maker of something. Woodcrafts, fishing lures, glass designs, jewelry, purses, perfumes, goat's milk soap. Whatever it is, you made it here in America. Now you're eager for people to buy your products right here locally instead of buying competing products made on the other side of the world, right? Then you need to check out LocalMakers.com. Support America. Buy and sell locally at LocalMakers.com. Doesn't matter if you're a home-based business or a major manufacturer, localmakers.com offers an easy way to connect with customers within your local community as well as across the US simply by entering a zip code, and there's no cost to join. So if you're a maker who needs buyers, go to localmakers.com and stock your products on one of our shelves. Localmakers.com, promoting, preserving, and supporting your neighbor's manufacturing businesses. Attention!
16: Information in this one-minute message could save your life. Don't wait for the next emergency to happen. Act now to be prepared. Now, more than ever, civilians and communities must communicate with family, friends, and neighbors in the event of civil unrest, natural disasters, or other emergencies. That's why there's CivilDispatch.com. CivilDispatch.com is a universal system that can be used for a wide array of urgent notification alerts. Weather emergencies, civil unrest, emergency responders, AMBER alerts, school or business closings, any Need to know situation. CivilDispatch.com is an emergency dispatch communication system allowing anyone to quickly and easily send and instantaneously track emergency email and text alert notifications. CivilDispatch.com gives you the power of enterprise alerting without the enterprise cost. Don't find yourself unprepared. Learn more and become a member at CivilDispatch.com. That's CivilDispatch.com, Civilian Emergency
18: Dispatch System. Peace through preparedness. Introducing a Diabetes Breakthrough, an easy, natural, organic way to bring relief to diabetics. Introducing MDS Forte, a concentrated super strength extract formulated for those who are looking for relief. What can MDS Forte do for you? MDS Forte reduces glucose levels safely and effectively, reduces cholesterol and triglyceride levels, increases HDL or good cholesterol while reducing LDL or bad cholesterol. MDS Forte reduces A1C, improves eyesight and circulation to the limbs, and helps with weight loss, is non-toxic, caffeine-free, 100% natural, 100% organic, and comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. Waiting for the side effects disclaimers? With MDS Forte, there are none. Order a 25-day treatment of MDS Forte by calling 213-405-5355. 213-405-5355. Or visit bestbloodsupport.com. That's bestbloodsupport.com for MDS Forte, a diabetes breakthrough.
10: You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg.
0: We have John Rettinger. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl live. And he has a site that he is the owner or manager of called Techno Buffalo. It's got a lot of commentaries and news for those who want to immerse themselves in technology. Right now, we're having a little bit of dust-up. Not dust-up, just minor disagreements over what Windows Phone 7 can do. Okay, so obviously, Microsoft continues to improve it, work at it. Now we have Nokia's situation. Yes. Nokia had the operating system called Symbian, but Nokia seemed to be doing real well with the feature phones, but in this country, they had no presence of any significance with smartphones. Nowhere fast. And so, is it a couple of years now... That Nokia gets a new CEO who used to be an executive from Microsoft. Mm -hmm. Within a few months, we hear this report that Microsoft and Nokia have teamed up for Nokia to be what? I guess the premier partner to deliver Windows phone smartphones. And Microsoft is investing lots of marketing money in
14: there. And lots of money in Nokia and, and paying Nokia to be that smartphone operating system of choice. So, do we call that a spiff? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could, you could definitely call it that. Okay, but okay, the phone we're talking about here, it seems to be
0: their big entry level here, is the Lumia 900. Now, they had a, a less expensive version of this phone over T Mobile that didn't do
14: very well. So it wasn't um, a version of the same phone. It was the, it was an entry-level version running Windows Phone. So, so it was the 700 or something. Uh, I believe it was the Lumia 610, uh, if memory uh, serves me correctly.
0: Okay, so this was basically an entry-level
14: product. This is their mainstream, mainline smartphone. This, this is their hey, look at us, formal entry to the competitive U.S. landscape, the Lumia 900. Uh, they released the Lumia 800 to, uh, to Europe and unlocked uh, models in the U.S. about four months ago. Uh, the 900 debuted at CES 2012, uh, and it really is what Nokia is going to hope, going to be the savior of Nokia. And that's a lot of pressure on its uh, rectangular shoulders. Very much
0: so. And it's not so much, I think, whether the phone comes up to current standards, it's going to have to be a lot better. Because otherwise, people are used to iPhones, they're used to Siri, they're used to Android phones, because basically a lot of the carriers will push all these Android phones. So now you have Nokia trying to make a difference. Now, I mean, if you look at the phone, it looks nice. You look at a picture of the phone, and it's a nice looking phone. It really is a nice looking phone. But Let's look at the features of the phone and okay. compare this to today's phone. I mean, we have to look at the best Droids out there. Sure. So we have I, I, to look at the iPhone 4S because the iPhone 4S is the current Apple product. Now absolutely. this is coming to AT T. At the price of the entry-level iPhone, $99 with a two-year contract, that's the iPhone 4, which is a product that now is almost two years old.
14: Yep, so I've, I've got one I wish I could show you guys. I've got one holding it in my hand right now. It is a beautiful phone to look at, and it feels really substantial. The Nokia's build quality is amazing. So discussing the Lumia 900 is going to bring us right back to the Windows Phone 7 discussion, since it's primarily running an unmodified version of Windows Phone 7 with some Nokia additions thrown on. It can compete head-to-head against the top spec's Droid phone out there, which we can say is the HTC One X right now, and the iPhone 4S, close to feature-for-feature. Now, there are a few areas where it's really deficient. The first one is going to be the app marketplace. Uh, There are about 70,000-ish apps for Windows Phone 7. Now, for me, I've been able to find equivalents for every app that I need, Uh, but for a lot of folks, they're not going to be able to. If you play a lot of Words with Friends, for example... You know, that's not going to be there. Draw something. One of the fun sort of Pictionary-esque games is not going to be there. And one knock uh, on the phone, and this isn't Nokia's fault. This is Microsoft. The screen resolution is limited to 480 by 800. So you don't have a retina display. There is not even close to a retina display. All right, and you can see the difference. I mean, it's a nice-looking phone. I'm looking at the
0: picture. I don't have one in my hand, as John does. But I'm looking at the picture, and I have to tell you, like I said, I'm looking at a beautiful blue phone, really nicely laid out, nice-looking design. But obviously, the display is going to be somewhat deficient. It's kind of like the iPhone
14: 3GS. It's basically a sharp display, but not retina. It is not even close, unfortunately, to Retina. But actually, in our review of it on Technobuffalo, we show pictures showing text side by side. And that's really where you can see a difference between the displays. Now, that being said, it's a lot like buying a TV. You see... uh two TVs next to each other, you can really tell a difference between the two. But if you want to take that TV home, you put it on your wall, you know, it looks good to you. So it's very passable, but when you hold it side by side to an iPhone 4S or one of the HD screens that Android is using, you can definitely um, see a difference there.
0: You see, this comes back to the same argument I voiced about the Windows Phone operating system. And that is, it seems to be a year or two behind in terms of multitasking and other features, and now we're looking at the phone, and the phone is, in terms of the display, a year or two behind.
14: You know, they are, in a lot of ways, uh, that's certainly a true point. Uh, Microsoft is scheduled to have their next operating system unveiling for Windows Phone in the very near future, where those efficiencies are supposed to be addressed.
0: But that is not that the way Microsoft has been uh, addressed the deficiencies? Meantime, we have Google and we have Apple will have their next versions of their operating system, so this fall there'll be an iOS 6 you know we're going to have a new version of the google os successor to ice cream sandwich which you would know, be I, I, I don't know with ben and jerry's or something <laughs> like that <laughs> jelly bean jelly bean um, is that what it's going to yep. be jelly bean yep jelly bean oh my be the- god it follows so what's the next one going to be after that ronald reagan <laughs> yeah.
14: so for for those at home it follows dessert names started with uh, i believe we had donut Eclair, froyo, gingerbread, honeycomb, ice cream sandwich, and then I expect we'll see jelly bean for J, and who knows for K? Maybe Krispy Kreme will get in on some uh, corporate sponsorship. You know, go back to B and call it Bagel. <laughs> <You> know,
0: <laughs> this is, is, is. going to be Android 6.0 Bagel, and we have the subversions, cinnamon raisin, uh, and, and everything.
14: Yeah. They give everybody the water version for, uh, to let them customize. So I, I do think that it's, it's a little bit uh, behind certainly, but I think the next version we're going to see is going to get up to OS parity. I, I really do.
0: But you see, it comes to that. They're going to be improving. Now, the other thing is here, this is a single-core processor, right? Uh, it is a single-core okay, processor. Okay, I was looking at the specs. Everybody else is two-core and four-core. Now, let's understand something here. I'm not hitting you much on specs, and part of it is it's not the spec. It's how it works. That'd because be every company has a different way of optimizing their operating system. So if it's fast and it's fluid and it's got one core not four, don't worry about it.
14: And, and that, that's a really good point that often gets lost. Uh, people get caught up in, in specs and benchmarking and cores. It, it's very much you know, a modern, uh, almost masculinity contest uh, when it comes to phone specs. And if you're the type of person that likes to overclock, that likes to get in there and hack and tinker, Windows Phone is not going to be the operating system for you. You're really going to want to go to Android. If you are like the majority of users who want just an end user experience that works well, it's smooth, you're not going to have any stuttering, it doesn't matter how many cores you have, the Lumia is going to be a, a very, very, very good option. Windows Phone is extremely optimized. Uh, for processors. processor. So dual core is coming, but it hasn't been at the detriment of the end user experience.
0: Now, I'm going to give you this other devil's advocate question here, which is, I understand they may work beautifully, but aren't we at a point now where the only way to get a foothold in this market is not to do what these companies did six months or a year or two years ago, but to be where they are going to be next year, where Microsoft is now. They can't think of being a year or two behind. They have to think, Where is Apple and Google going to be in 2013? And now in 2012, we are here first. This is what they're not going to have for another year or two. But we have it here now. You can buy it here now with our phone. But when you say, here's our phone, and it seems to be maybe almost as good in many ways as the existing market, and it's a good alternative, and I'll grant you that's probably true. It's not expensive. But isn't that a harder sell than saying we're almost is good as compared to, we are much better because once we can say we're much better, then people are going to come to us much faster. Now we've got a situation where Microsoft's Windows Phone operating system has virtually little share of the market. So and how do you bring them over if you <laughs>
14: promise the future as opposed to the present? So, Gene, here's um, here here here's what I uh, what I think about that. First, a mobile operating system, much like a desktop operating system, is something called a network good, meaning it's only as valuable if people are using it. You know, you can have a great operating system, but if no one's using it, it's really not going to matter. Microsoft is trying almost the the cigarette, the tobacco manufacturers approach. Get them young and hook them in and get them used to that operating system. And they're trying to get that market penetration by offering uh, what is now a a relatively feature-packed smartphone at an entry-level price of $99. Now, Microsoft's uh, $19 million ad campaign with Nokia on this isn't focusing on that they're almost as good. They're telling the consumer that they are as good. In fact, they just launched a smoked-by-Windows phone campaign at Microsoft stores, where if you could do certain things on your smartphone and beat a Windows phone, uh, they would give you a free cell phone and, uh, and laptop. Now, that is a confident company that thinks not only can their product compete, um, but can excel and beat the competition in a lot of ways.
0: We have John Rettinger from Techno Buffalo. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live.
6: Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network.
5: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: John Rettinger at Techno Buffalo joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. So, at the Microsoft Store, all four of them, you can go in there and you have this kind of bake off where If you can beat their phone at whatever they expect you to beat it at, then supposedly they'll give you all these prizes. Now, I guess that's nice. You know, that shows confidence in the product, although I'd like to see how many people don't win. (laughs) But the point being here is that it still comes down to what you say in your review and what they say in the review over at RS Technica USA Today, which is here's a phone that seems solid, that seems in many respects to be comparable to existing phones, but, in no way seems to be any better, and that 's very important, and I think that could be a problem yeah at ninety nine dollars that 's a point. The other question I have in terms of the design and that is it 's got sixteen gigabyte storage fixed you can 't get a thirty two you can 't get a sixty four right
14: now that is that is valid uh, it is sixteen gigs, and it 's limited right now uh, we don 't have micro SD expansion in the Lumia line, so you are limited. Uh, to 16 gigs that is uh, that is true
0: okay so i guess the judgment would be made here is if you think with your music and all your stuff that's enough that's fine microsoft has a cloud service they hope to use as a substitute for now
14: so you know actually they launched Lumia with uh with with their their sky access so you do have they're relying a lot on uh, on cloud service with it certainly um, now, but, but they're not alone. You look at a company like HTC, which is launching their 1X line based on, uh, on Android, and I believe they're partnering with Dropbox for 15 gigs or so of, uh, of free storage. So it's not something unique that Microsoft is offering. Um, and Apple certainly has their, their iCloud. Not, and it shouldn't be cons- uh, viewed as a value add. That's just a stank, keeping up with the Joneses type of, uh, type of deal.
0: Okay, so we have that particular limitation. Now, the other, the other issue I guess we'd ask here is, with this particular device, it's got a larger form factor. It does. And this is the argument some people make about the existing iPhone's 35 inches display. And it's a double-edged sword, one of which is, yeah, I'd like to have four or a little over four inches like you have with the Lumia 900. But the question I would have here is, At some point, the phone becomes a little too big for your shirt pocket, a little too big for your pants pocket, and it becomes a little bit less flexible Mm -hmm. as a result. So how big can you make the phone before it becomes absurd? Certainly, I know someone has a 5-inch phone, Samsung, I think.
14: (laughs) 5.3-inch Galaxy Note. Um, Which basically is like a small tablet. It's not really a smartphone anymore. It absolutely is. A 4.3-inch is is certainly a a relatively fair and uh, very pocketable Size for size for the phone, and uh, I, I do want to address something you said earlier. I don't think a mobile operating system has to be the best at every single feature. It just has to be the best option for some people. You don't have to have always the best experience in everything across the board. Because if you try to make everybody happy, you're going to end up making nobody happy. Uh, so if you get something that does a few things very well, uh, you're going to attract that subset.
0: But actually, that's what Apple did. You know, the first iPhone didn't have multitasking, didn't have an app store, but they had a small number of things that worked well and then built upon it. Now, it's funny, in retrospect, I don't know if this is true or not, and I guess this is something that may be lost in history. Some people suggest that before there was an app store, Steve Jobs opposed
14: the concept. He didn't Uh, want to have an app store, and then they made him believe he should. He's gone on record with that when the iPhone first launched, it had web apps, which were essentially right. websites that did stuff. Right. Uh, I think Apple fell very backwards into the uh, app ecosystem, uh, but certainly once they realized what they had, uh, they capitalized on it. Okay, now this is an LTE phone. It is okay. Battery life is battery <laughs> life is, has been decent, about seven ish hours of talk time. All right,
0: compared to an iPhone, which is ten hours. But you know, remember, here's the issue with LTE. And this is why, for example, the new iPad is a little thickerer. They say thin, but it's a little thicker. And it weighs a tiny bit more. It needs a bigger battery, not just for the retina display on the iPad, but because of the LTE radio. LTE draws more current, so manufacturers are forced right now to use slightly larger batteries. So I expect here that Nokia made a compromise. It's not that much worse than some of these other devices. It's decent.
14: Yeah, it actually is uh, very decent, and that's just a talk time. Uh, using the phone daily, and I have been using the phone daily with two emails, accounts being pushed down, regular texts, a couple hours of phone calls. Uh, generally, by the time I go to bed around 1130 at night, I still have about 15%, 20% battery life. Um, so you, know, you can easily get through a full day, which I think is the big test. You can plug your phone in at night, um, but uh, you definitely can get through that, uh, that full day usage.
0: Okay, the other criticism I heard, and maybe you can confirm this, the charging is consistent. It's not like, for example, with an iPhone, it charges 80% in the first hour and then kind of trickle charges until it's filled. This takes three or four hours to charge fully.
14: That's, that, that's correct. It does. And speaking of charging, one big annoyance I've had with the phone, I turn my phone off at night because it's always beeping and buzzing. Uh, this phone won't charge while powered off. You have to keep the phone powered on in order Ooh. to charge. See, i got to set it in airplane mode uh, in order to get the phone to charge. And I found that to be just incredibly annoying.
0: You see, that's the argument I've made. Everything you're telling me is this is a really nice phone. It is a beautiful phone. If you like the way Microsoft configured Windows Phone, I think it looks, you know, nice, even though I have quibbles with the design. This would be a great phone. But these are the issues of fit and polish that maybe Nokia has to consider maybe for the next model. And I don't know here how much the public is going to give them that kind of slack. How much slack does Nokia have for a product that seems to be, in some respects, about as good as existing products, in other respects, maybe needs development? How much slack will they have, and how much slack do they give Microsoft to really get some traction with Windows Phone? Is and this think- their shot, or are they going to have to wait for the
14: Lumia 1000? You know, I think that chapter is still uh, yet, to be, yet to be written. Um, but uh, I think it's a very nice first step. I think the consumer reaction to it, and probably mostly due to the price point, uh, is going to be very positive when it hits the market in four days.
0: Well, this, of course, will be on the market when you hear this show, and we're going to have to see what happens, see where it goes. As I said, whatever we say about the operating system, whatever we say about the phone and the quality and the trade-offs that Nokia made, the key here is we need to have this kind of competition. This duopoly that's coming here, where Yahoo will be a non-issue, it's going to be Microsoft and Bing and Google. Is that enough? Do we only need two companies to fill all our search needs? Do we only need two companies to basically deliver all the operating systems for smartphones, Apple and Google? Microsoft has been around as long as Apple. They know they need to be in this space to compete, to see the future. The question is, and it's not resolved yet, will the Nokia partnership be their magic bullet, or will they need somebody else to work with? How many also-rans can they afford to deliver before people will say, who cares about them? It may be too late already. I
14: don't know. Uh, So we certainly uh, are looking at a a duopoly uh, dominated by Apple and Google. But at least we have that do part of it. We're not dealing with a monopoly. As long as there's competition, the end user is going to end up winning. Uh, Google is going to push Microsoft, Innovate, and vice versa. So whichever camp you fall in, uh, you should be thankful that the other one exists. You are going to get a better experience. You're going to force the companies to bring out better products uh, because they're always worried about what that next punch is going to be.
0: I think the other argument would be, in terms of superiority, when you look at Bing and you have a somewhat more artistic interface and you look at their ads, can Microsoft make the case for Bing being better than Google, not just being about as
18: good?
14: That's another argument. Microsoft is definitely making that case. And Bing uses different algorithms. You get different search results. Uh, They do some cool things with images. So in a lot of ways, Bing can be a superior search engine. Uh, But for right now, search and Google are still synonymous. And we have to see whether smartphone's going to be all about Android and the
0: iOS and Microsoft will disappear, or will this new Nokia initiative make its case. Tell our listeners where they can find more of the things you do, John.
14: So you can check uh, me out at technobuffalo.com, where we bring the latest tech reviews, uh, unboxings, and opinions. So if you want to live the plugged-in life, uh, definitely give us a check out at technobuffalo.com.
0: John Rettinger, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for having me. Coming up next on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll feature a special visit from the one, the only Craig Crossman, host of the Daily Computer America radio show. You'll hear him next on the Tech Night Out Live. <music>
19: Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? You bet it would and now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com Big Berkey Water Filter products and great tasting long lasting storable Wise Foods are both now available on one website, com. Wise Foods ready to eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25 year shelf life. Big Berkey Water Filters are powerful enough to purify by treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with Wise Foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y or go to
9: BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com If you constantly feel run down and tired, your pH level might be low, and your body could be full of toxins. If what you drink is not at a pH level of eight or higher, you are inviting bacteria and acid to thrive in your body. But there is something you can do. Simply add ten drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops to your water to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise your pH balance to optimum levels. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals in the world, alkalizing the water you drink, ridding your body of acidic waste and toxins and helping you regain energy and vibrant health. And studies show viruses, bacteria and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A Vision.com or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today.
5: Back at Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him.
0: Now, I am a special correspondent for Craig Crossman's Computer America radio show, as many of you know who listen to the Tech Night Out Live. But it also turns out that on a rare occasion, we hoodwink Craig into coming on this show. So, Craig, consider yourself hoodwinked. I shouldn't say anything. and just <laughs> leave you. Well, I'm not here. <laughs> oh, listen, I've been left silent before. <laughs> it is something I'm quite used to. Uh-huh. People do that to me. What tell Cr- is that? Crickets. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. It's been a long time since I've been outside. I never go outside. I'm like the hermit. Uh.
8: You know, I
0: stay indoors... I sit in front of my computers. I work in my studio. I Mm. never have the opportunity to go outside and see real people. I just see fake people. Fake people. That's right. How how do you
20: someone's a fake person?
0: Well, you know, in the paranormal field, we have real people and we have fake people. Yes, exactly. Well, uh, (laughs) so uh, you were telling me before we got connected mm -hmm. that you've got a humongously fast broadband connection. I thought, you know, I have 55 megabits. Mm-hmm. And in the Phoenix area, that's considered the fastest you can get. hmm But I'm jealous because you've got more. Yeah, I have three hundred baud. <laughs> Actually it's <laughs> twenty baud, he's kidding folks. <laughs> you know, people who are young don't know what the heck we're talking about.
20: Yeah, three hundred baud, that was my first modem, three hundred baud, dial up modem, you know. And then it'd go deep, 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 and you'd hear it all, you know, and it goes you hear the negotiation tones And then, oh my god, we got 1200 baud That was t- to die for it would, And people were raving about that And then all of a sudden, you know, it went to 2400 baud, uh, baud modems Then we went to 56k baud modems You know, those, those were flaky at best And then finally, of course, uh, but you always had to dial up with those. Now broadband, of course, it's just always on, and uh, it's. But you know, the kids today don't appreciate the way it was when you and I were back there doing this stuff. You know, with a three hundred overheated three hundred baud modem.
0: You know, speak for yourself. When I was a kid, (laughs) they didn't even have a telephone. They used smoke signals.
20: Yes, exactly. Right. He agrees with me. You see how it works. Honey, express. Exactly. Anyway. Um, you have a hundred megabits. A hundred. Well, you see, it started out with sixty megabits, and then behind my back, they didn't even tell me they snuck it up to a hundred megabits without even changing the price. Uh, Charter Communications, uh, which is uh, one of the big uh, cable uh, outfits uh, here in, in the Carolinas and uh, Georgia, and uh, um, they're they're in several states, are now boasting the fastest uh, commercial uh, uh, internet speeds. Uh, Aside from what was going out in Kansas, you know, they had one gigabit. That's the Google territory. But that's a very limited production that they're doing out there. But for the most part, 100 megabits per second is the fastest. And I uh, just talked to the, my guy, my charter guy, and he said they're going to take it up to 200 megabits per second probably next month. He says, but you know what? He says, we're hitting up – we're coming up against some brick walls that we didn't even anticipate with these speeds. And I said, what do you mean? He says, well, a lot of people have Cat5 cable in their home uh, and uh, – it turns out that Cat five uh, cable peaks out at sixty megabits per second. When you, go, or when you go try to go faster, it won't carry. It doesn't have the bandwidth to carry that signal. You need Cat five E, which stands for enhanced cable. Now,
0: understand most of the cable you buy today, it's Cat five six. Sure, so yeah. it's not a problem. It's nope. Cat 6, it's Cat 5E. E. Cat 6, yeah, you Cat 5E, e, Cat 6. Exactly. Sure, that's the stuff you buy at Walmart for nine ninety five or something. Hey, but the, if your house was built with internal wiring or you bought that Ethernet cable several years ago, it's screw. not going to take the faster transmission.
20: Oh, man, you have to rewire your house. When, uh, that's virtually impossible to do. And uh, you're, you're just in a world of hurt. So yeah, the, uh, you're limited by the uh, the cable, the, the bandwidth of the cable in your home. So Cat5e or Cat6, uh, you're and you're set up up to I think a, a gigabit or maybe even higher with Cat's uh, Cat6. What is the what's the threshold for Cat6? Do you know? I haven't
0: checked it, but I know I, that it's well beyond gigabit.
20: I wish the people who the, the engineers who design these things. They just don't look into the future. You think they would this, oh, well, it'll never be faster. You know, know, when you're going to design something, design it for, you know, for uh, for a terabit transmission, something, you know. So as we get there year after year after year, you don't have to rip it out of the wall or something. Yeah, but you have to think here. They sell you more cable. The
0: construction companies who have to Uh rebuild your walls – they make money. So, no, there is planned obsolescence in all these products. They don't think in that sense.
20: The obsolescence, though, is coming around more and more quickly. It's, like, it's not every 10 or 15 years. It's like every five years or every four years, and, and it's getting worse. It's snowballing. It, it, the curve is going up uh, exponentially. Uh, so you, you get up in the morning, you have coffee, and you, half the stuff you have is obsolete the next day. I mean, it's getting to that point. It's crazy.
0: Well, you know what? Take pause here because I'm going to open this <laughs> iPad 3 that I'm looking at, the new iPad. Yeah. And I want to see if it's obsolete yet. Hold on a second. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's obsolete because... Not yet. Yeah. Give it another
20: few months, it'll be, it'll be obsolete, you know. Boy, the letters look so clear and sharp, though. I know. It's at that retina screen. That's right. And you know, it's
0: funny. I was interviewing somebody in a previous segment of the show, and he's touting this new smartphone from Nokia called the Lumia 900 with mm-hmm. Windows Phone 7.5. Yep. And... You know, it doesn't have even a retina display or a high resolution display. It's just got a normal display. Throw it out. Yeah, I'm thinking wait a minute. We have (laughs) Microsoft and Nokia. They are behind the curve when it comes to smartphones because you have Apple with the iPhone, you have all these Android phones, all
20: 10,000 different models. This is what kids are for. You the hand-me-downs. You know, my kid uh, contacted me yesterday. Said, "Where's my new MP3 player?" I said, "I said, oh, let me see what I got." I went, I found a Zune uh, there. It's a, a Zune HD. It's beautiful. It's got a docking station. It has a remote control. It's beautiful. I said, "I got you a Zune." I said, oh wow! You know, Zune was out of business how long ago? But you know, you have these things lying around, and so you, you hand these things down. You give them, you know, or give them away.
0: Your it, kid's not my son. If I gave him that, he'd look at me sideways. What do you mean it's not an iPod? I'd slap him. <laughs> no, you don't do that. I know. You, you don't slap you, your kids. You, you, you you slap they slap you back. When they get big, they slap you back. You know? <laughs> there we go. Seriously speaking, okay, Charter has something called Internet Ultra, which is what Craig is talking about here. Mm-hmm. It's download speed up to 100 megabits, upload up to 5 megabits, so, so it's like, asymmetrical, but yeah. the upload speed's no faster than my upload speed.
20: Yeah. Go figure.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'd like to have 10. You know, Call the yeah. people at Charter Communications and say, hey, guys... Hundreds cool, you know.
20: And sometimes a hundred it doesn't mean anything because you go to Apple's iTunes, you want you want to. They throttle that. You go there. I figure I'm going to download some music. it'll be done. No, yeah, I slow watch the thing go by, and it's right. They don't they don't give it to you as fast as you can accept it. But then again, there are some sites that do. For example, um, I have a TomTom Tom Navigator. And I got a notice that I have to update the maps. I groan because the last time I did that at six megabits per second, it took two some uh, two and a half hours to do that at six meg. Well, I went ahead and did it. It took like. Three minutes, Poop done. And it was wonderful to see that. So some will deliver you the, uh, uh, it all depends on what, a, what service you're accessing, you know?
0: Well, I'll tell you the truth here. When I retrieve the Mountain Lion preview, the beta for developers from Apple, mm-hmm. and I'm authorized to do that. I can't talk about anything other than what Apple has on their site. Oh, but I have a legal uh, copy of Mountain Lion. If I say yeah. anything more, Tim Cook will be at my home uh-huh. with Phil Schiller, both of them together, and they'll shoot me down. But it took a while to get that at 55 megabits. I don't get 55 megabits from almost anywhere. Although if you use these benchmark services, especially one that's based in Phoenix or Tucson, I am getting 55 or 60 down. Yeah. You can't get it from any place else because as you contact and cross the country and cross the. It's out of their control. It's out of their control, and a lot of those places throttle the downloads because they don't want to have their servers overloaded. Before we get overloaded with anything, we have Craig Crossman, who's host of the Computer America radio show, and he's joining me, Gene Steinberg, on the Tech Night Out Live. Say, wouldn't it be great if that computer keyboard sitting on your desk also worked with your iPhone? Sending a text message would be lightning fast. This is exactly the idea behind the Matthias One Keyboard for iPhone and Mac. You just need to experience it once to see how incredibly fast and convenient it really is. It's also available for the PC and BlackBerry. Visit onekeyboard.com slash TNO. Once again, onekeyboard.com slash T. video.
8: absorption of food nutrients aids in controlling yeast infections is never freeze dried and uses three groups of live viable beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins order Pro EM one daily probiotic cleanse at terraganics.com spelled t e r a g a n i x.com terraganics.com or call toll free 866-369-3678 that's 866-369-3678 proem1 the raw probiotic
7: do you know which 37 crucial food items are going to fly off the shelves when the next disaster hits? If you don't, you and your family may be without food and waiting in long food lines after a big disaster strikes. You would be surprised how many people don't have these food items right now. 123survivalplan.com has set up a for Patriots only video with inside information on the 37 food items that will sell out first when the next disaster strikes. The video on 123survivalplan.com has crucially information you and your family need to prepare for any disaster, natural or man-made. And you won't have to be afraid of going hungry or being sent to a FEMA refugee camp. See the video that over one million other smart patriots have already seen in the last four months. Prepared now. Go to 123survivalplan.com and learn which 37 food items you should hoard. Easy to remember. 123survivalplan.com. Again, that's 123survivalplan.com. We all know the importance of having storable foods, but what about when the food runs out? What then?
5: For real food independence, you need a supply of non-hybrid seeds. Introducing the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. The Survival Seed Vault is sealed for freshness and includes 20 varieties of easy-to-grow non-hybrid seeds for only $37.95. For less than $40, bucks, you have got real food independence, and the Survival Seed Vault includes detailed planting and seed-saving instructions. Imagine the barter power you'll have when the food supply does collapse. Right now, save $9 instantly when you buy three or more Survival Seed Vaults from mypatriotsupply.com same day shipping on all orders plus free shipping on orders over 49 dollars. call 866-229-0927 that's 866-229-0927 or discover more emergency preparedness products at mypatriotsupply.com that's mypatriotsupply.com
10: What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know.
0: We have Craig Crossman of the Computer America radio show where I am a special correspondent and this is table turning. Instead of Craig interrogating me on his show i am interrogating him on my show and that's a tongue twister if i ever heard one Mm -hmm, i can't even say that twice backwards but okay now the other question i have about this is does charter have a cap on your 100 megabits where you know
20: and they have a they have a nice fashionable jacket too to match but but.
0: i understand also the wallets are terrific and the belts and (laughs) those leather shoes are great but the
20: cap no, the, the, no, there is no cap. In other words, uh, you can upload and download as much stuff as you want. I, I have seen no indication of any kind of a cap. Okay, and the reason I
0: asked that is that Comcast has 200 gigabytes. Yep, nothing, nothing, nothing they, like that. No, With I'm, Cox Communications, I have 400. Not that I'll use that, but mm-hmm. the reason I raise that argument is because what happens if, for example, Apple has a subscription streaming service for TV? Yeah. They introduce a new TV.
20: You could burn through that really
0: fast, couldn't you? In about an hour. Yeah, You know, you burn through your bandwidth because you imagine here now you're getting a high-definition TV. For seven to ten hours a day, you are consuming high-definition content. Mm-hmm. Boy, they're going to have to make you pay a lot of money for that.
20: Yeah. Uh, so far, there's no cap that I know of here. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yes, it is. I also feel jealous. I know.
0: <laughs> I, I have should. to call Cox, which, by the way, is in Georgia. You know, the home office of Cox Communications is in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And say, look, you got this service down the street there, charter. I can get hundred megabits if I lived, you know, where Craig does. But mm-hmm. I live in Arizona, I'm getting fifty five. Mm. It's not fair. Yeah. And probably you're paying the same I do. What do you pay? Well, okay, it's probably ninety dollars a month. I'm paying seventy dollars a month. Oh. I'm being ripped off, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know, right now I want to go. To the window, open the window like the guy in network and say, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore.
20: Yeah.
0: No, I'm not going to do that. No. Because they already know I'm mad as hell.
20: And you're not going to take it anymore.
0: That's it. But it's got power boosts and all that other good stuff. So this is it. But the question, I guess, is, and this is a larger question here, we do see some ISPs putting caps. Now, if you get a wireless ISP like an AT&T or Verizon or something like that, not Sprint, which has no cap, and you start downloading stuff at these LTE speeds, which are kind of like Wi-Fi or mid-grade broadband, you could use your two gigabytes in what, a week, an hour, 10 seconds?
20: Mm-hmm. Pretty much.
0: So where do we go with that? Is they're going to be a solution to that because that's one of the big issues, you know, with these new LTE phones and with the new iPad. You connect to LTE and I've got a new iPad here and LTE is available from AT&T in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So I want to buy their services. A couple of gigabytes, it's gone. I've used it up. Mm-hmm. How is the
20: industry going to cope with that? I don't know. That's
0: what well, so much, you know, it's, it's one thing to rip out your Cat5 cable and go to Cat5e. E. Yes, but what's going to happen with the industry here if they're putting these bandwidth caps on everything? Does it really cost them that much? No. A month to do that?
20: Uh, I wouldn't think so. But you know, there are people out there who, you know, who are going to abuse and take advantage of the situation and spoil it for everybody else. That's what happens.
0: Well, that's it. It's the 3% yep. you know, that are doing it. Otherwise, you know. Our lives are being ruled by the 3%. You see, it's better than being ruined by the 1%. Which is? Because <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are the 99%, except for Craig. He's probably one of the 1%. Uh, but the rest of us were part of the 99%. There you uh, go. But you were telling me before we got hooked up, you don't have an iPad yet. No, I don't,
20: I don't need an iPad. And, I, and my iPhone 4 is what I'm using, not the 4S. I'm waiting for the iPhone 5 because it wasn't a, a, as much of a technological leap to go from the 4 to 4. If I had a 3, I would have gone to the 4S. But, but uh, I had the four. Through an accident, I dropped my three a G and broke it. So I had to buy the four before the four S came out. Like I missed it by weeks, you know. So there it is. So, ah, such is life.
0: But, the tablet is it because it doesn 't fit your workflow or what because yeah, i 'm interested in this
20: it really doesn 't fit the workflow i don 't really have the need for the tablet i mean it 's fun i 'd be play with, but I just doesn 't fit into what it is that I do otherwise I, have, I would have had one you know what does fit in my life so was my iMac. I absolutely love my imac uh, it 's a core i seven it 's got uh, eight uh, gigs of RAM in it it 's got a two terabyte internal hard drive. Uh, But this is the one just before I I bought it. And just before the next one came out, I had Thunderbolt. So I missed Thunderbolt. But, you know, I'm not – But that's the
0: same as me. I got the 2009 version. But the 2012 version, Mm -hmm. there's a rumor about that. So I'll give you a rumor, something you can tell your listeners. There's a rumor now that the 2012 iMac will be out probably June or July. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a thinner form factor. Mm -hmm. And it will have an anti-glare screen. Mm. How about that? Yeah, that is nice. You don't get the reflections.
20: I'm, some people get upset with reflections. I don't see the reflection in mine, but, you know, worst case, I'd be looking at myself, with, which doesn't bother me. Okay, you're used to looking at yourself.
0: I look at myself, I'll go out screaming. <laughs> open the door and I'll scream through the window and say, I'm, no, that's another story. Okay. Let's look at the comparisons here. Of course, we've talked enough about Mountain Lion on your show and, you know, your listeners know about it. Our listeners here, we talked a lot about Mountain Lion from the very day that Apple talked about it. But the other subject on hand is Windows 8 with the Metro interface. The Metro UI. Right. Now, let's preface this. The Metro interface was on the Zune. Nobody bought the Zune. The Mm -hmm. Metro interface with the tiles and everything is on Windows Phone 7 and 7.5. Nobody's buying it. No. So now we have Windows 8. What kind of reaction you're getting
20: on this? Uh, Well, I know we had uh, Mike Starmack, who's from techguy.org, and he sort of liked it, but he showed it to his wife, and she hated it with a passion. She would she, she couldn't stand it. She didn't want to go near it. You know, I said, "My God!" I, I mean, I, I why would that she have such a hard, you know, an adverse reaction to that? But he said, "Well, she did." Uh, he says, "I says, he says it took me a little getting used to." He says, "Because I've been using Windows since you know what, Windows one or something." So, and um, he says, "In on the start menu, which came out Windows ninety five at 95, this is the first time where there's a departure from that, and it doesn't really look like that anymore. He said, to be a little getting used to it, he says, but I, I kind of like it. So there's mixed reaction, I guess. And, of course, remember the Metro, all this stuff is not in stone yet. They still can make changes. The, the, I'm sure they are going to make changes. The, the consumer version of the beta that they have out now is, is, is severely crippled. I mean, there are all kinds of things that have not been included in this iteration yet. So we're. I'm not nuts about it. Changes.
0: I really tried the consumer version of Windows 8.
20: You're not nuts about anything Windows. Come on, confess. Well, not necessarily. I,
0: I can survive with Microsoft yeah. Word. Yeah, right, because they have a Mac version. That's you know. There you go. But you think about this, for example. I don't like the tiles because they kind of go against good Internet design. Like you have this these medium and dark colors on the tiles, and you've got thin white lettering. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of hard to read.
20: Mm-hmm. That's
0: the problem I have with it. I don't think it's good design. But the other issue I have with it is not so much me, but the concern about businesses. Remember, Microsoft is selling a large portion of their Windows licenses to businesses. Mm. And we know that a lot of licensees never upgraded to Vista or Windows 7. Half the Windows users are still using XP, believe it or not. Mm. So as someone who covers the industry, how does Microsoft make the case to business? That's where the lion's share of their profits comes from. How do they make the case to business? Hey, you're using XP, using Vista 7. You want to go to Windows 8. How do they do that? Magic. <laughs> Send
20: Steve Ballmer down to every business and beg? Uh, I have no idea how it's going to happen. Uh, but, you know, I mean, they, they, look at all the resistance they had when they first introduced Vista. Uh, although Windows 7 was kind of welcomed and embraced because the Vista was such a tragedy. The Microsoft community, I mean, the users uh, were sort of glad they had something that was more stable. So everybody liked Windows 7. But and basically
0: happy- all it was was Vista with a shaven haircut.
20: Yeah, but but it was a lot more stable, a lot more stable. Vista would crash and all kinds of problems. Uh, Windows Seven was a from the ground up redevelopment, redeployment of the operating system. They had the time, they enough time to bring it out. They should have waited until Seven was ready, but they didn't. But but that's that's something here there. The point is when they, Seven came out, it was ready for prime time. Vista was never ready for prime time. So
0: basically, Windows Seven is Windows Vista done properly. Correct. Yes, which is right. a very important point. But, but it's,
20: qu- it's too many letters for the packaging. That Windows Vista done properly. Uh, it's, they Let's call it Windows 7. They went for the numbers. We went for Craig Crossman from the Computer America
0: Radio Show. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
6: America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network.
11: Ray Perkins a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockaways, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition.
17: So you're a maker of something. Woodcrafts, fishing lures, glass designs, jewelry, purses, perfumes, goat's milk soap. Whatever it is, you made it here in America. Now you're eager for people to buy your products right here locally. Instead of buying competing products made on the other side of the world, right? Then you need to check out LocalMakers.com. Support America. Buy and sell locally at LocalMakers.com. Doesn't matter if you're a home-based business or a major manufacturer. LocalMakers.com offers an easy way to connect with customers within your local community as well as across the U.S. Simply by entering a zip code and there's no cost to join. So if you're a maker who needs buyers, go to localmakers.com and stock your products on one of our shelves. Localmakers.com, promoting, preserving, and supporting your neighbor's manufacturing businesses. Attention! Information in
16: this one-minute message could save your life. Don't wait for the next emergency to happen. Act now to be prepared. Now, more than ever, civilians and communities must communicate with family, friends, and neighbors in the event of civil unrest, natural disasters, or other emergencies. That's why there's CivilDispatch.com. CivilDispatch.com is a universal system that can be used for a wide array of urgent notification alerts. Weather emergencies, civil unrest, emergency responders, amber alerts, school or business closings, any Need to know situation. CivilDispatch.com is an emergency dispatch communication system allowing anyone to quickly and easily send and instantaneously track emergency email and text alert notifications. CivilDispatch.com gives you the power of enterprise alerting without the enterprise cost. Don't find yourself unprepared. Learn more and become a member at CivilDispatch.com. That's CivilDispatch.com, Civilian Emergency Dispatch System.
18: Peace through preparedness. Introducing a Diabetes Breakthrough, an easy, natural, organic way to bring relief to diabetics introducing MDS Forte, a concentrated super strength extract formulated for those who are looking for relief. What can MDS Forte do for you? MDS Forte reduces glucose levels safely and effectively, reduces cholesterol and triglyceride levels, increases HDL or good cholesterol while reducing LDL or bad cholesterol. MDS Forte reduces A1C, improves eyesight and circulation to the limbs and helps with weight loss, is non-toxic, caffeine-free, 100% natural, 100% organic and comes with a 100% money back guarantee waiting for the side effects disclaimers with mds forte there are none order a 25-day treatment of mds forte by calling 213-405-5355 213-405-5355 or visit bestbloodsupport.com that's bestbloodsupport.com for mds forte a diabetes breakthrough
10: You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next.
0: With Craig Crossman of the Computer America Radio Show, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. And-, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. <laughs> By the way, he sends me a bill for the sound effects. You know, when when (laughs) I go on his show, you know, he plays this song. Yes. This old song from the 60s by a dead singer. And it's named Gene, by the way. And he sends me a bill for the license fee.
20: (laughs) But you're the only uh, correspondent that I have that has his own theme song, you
0: know, Gene. Right. Well, we have to stop that. Otherwise, they'll send me a bill.
19: Gene. Gene. (laughs)
0: Okay. All right. All right. Yes. You know, I resemble that remark, folks. Yes, you do. I think he wishes me dead because he's playing a song by a dead singer.
20: No, I don't wish you dead. No.
0: Hey, what do you think about the rumor now that there's going to be a new generation Beatles featuring the son of Paul McCartney, the son of George Harrison, one of the sons of John Lennon, Sean Lennon? And yeah. one of the sons of Ringo Starr. But not Zach Starkey, who's really a wonderful drummer. He won't do it, but the younger son of Ringo Starr is going to do it.
20: Um, I think that is an accident waiting to happen. All right. You can't bring back the Beatles. That's classic. It can't ever be done again. Uh, they should even attempt to be you know, Beatles 2 or something. Just be your own thing. Do your own thing. You're never going to be the Beatles. That, that's, that was a one-time shot. We will never see them the likes of that again.
0: You know, what they should do is get together and call themselves the traveling Wilburys, too.
20: So, there, that'd be fine. There you go.
0: All right, back to Windows 8. Yeah. And as you say, now Microsoft wants to have it all, the same basic operating system on the desktop and on tablets, mm-hmm. and make it look kind of like the operating system that's on Windows Phone. Mm-hmm. And this is a problem, I think, because Apple realizes it, because even though there are iOS things infused with OS 10, it's still OS 10. it's still a Mac, it's not an iPhone, it's not an iPad. What's Microsoft missing or hoping for here?
20: I don't know. I, I, I tell you, um, I, I have my issues with Microsoft. Uh, I mean, there's some good things and some bad things. You know, what I, I do not to this day, uh, I own... Microsoft Office, uh, the latest version, which is uh, uh, Office uh, 2000 and uh, – what is it, 2011? Is 2011
0: it a, was the last one. You don't have that.
20: I do have it. I oh, but do I, have it. I'm using Office 2008. Ask me why. Be- because – t- and I talked to them because they're take- – they took things out of that, which are things that I use uh, and, and, and a lot of other people use. And I said I, I was – and I didn't notice it until I went to use it. I said – this is supposed to be better it's supposed to have more features you took out features you for example when you send a message uh, you create a message and you want to send it and and you can do after sending move to so you can move it to any folder that you want right they left that out you can 't do that there's something called redirect when you get a when you get a message from someone um, and you want to f- uh, f- forward it but you you want to forward it exactly as you saw it uh, there's a there's something called redirect you can just pull down messages and it says uh Redirect. It's uh, right there. Um, They left that out. They left a a lot of features that I use personally, and I'm sure many others do too. They left it out in 2011. They haven't put it back yet, so I'm still using 2008. Now, I have to tell you, I've
0: tried Outlook, part of Office 2011. It's the successor for Entourage.
20: Right, they left all those
0: things out. And they left the things out that you mentioned, but I have a worse problem, which is that it is so buggy, I can't use it either crashes on me if I'm setting up a new account and I use IMAP email. And we've mentioned this to our listeners before. IMAP is the preferred way because the messages are on the server. You can sync it among all your devices. Okay. You use it there and Outlook will pick the default IMAP folders for your sent, for your drafts, your spam, whatever. And they always make up their own. They don't look at the server to see what folders you have there. So suddenly, they've got their own proprietary folders, so you expect to send your mail to the server. So then you go from your Mac to your iPhone and iPad, where's the mail I just sent? Mm-hmm. I sent a letter to Craig, a great story I wanted to tell him about this great new iPhone app. It's not there because it's in some cockamamie folder
20: established by Microsoft. The mm-hmm. program is broken. Yeah, they they really um, have, have a lot of problems with 2011, and that's why, to this day, I'm using 2008. I just won't go to, to this. I have them right here. I'm sitting right there. I could just do it, click it, and, and run. But there's, they've left too much out of it. And so I, uh, uh, I'm either waiting for a new iteration or uh, waiting for them to put it back. And if they don't put it back, guess what? I'll be using 2008 until the cows come home.
0: You know, I have someone who used Office 2004. He didn't mm-hmm. like 8. He definitely doesn't like 11. And now he's sitting there with a relatively new 27-inch iMac running Snow Leopard. He will not go to Lion. Why? Because 2004, Office 2004, is a PowerPC application. And Apple, in its infinite wisdom going to Lion, said, we don't have to worry about that. Let's stop supplying Rosetta, which is the PowerPC emulation utility. So therefore, PowerPC apps don't work. I have a friend of mine who upgraded to Lion for another reason. And she didn't realize that her old version of Photoshop wouldn't work. Suddenly she's got to spend hundreds of dollars going to Adobe to buy a new version of Photoshop because she had this version from, what, 2004 or something like that. Worked beautifully. Goes to Lion, it doesn't.
20: Go figure that.
0: But that's Apple. But getting back to that complaint, which is backwards compatibility, where does Microsoft stand in throwing out the interface? which is kind of what they did. I mean, it's there, but you have to go through all this nonsense. I mean, with Apple, when Apple went to Mac OS 10, if you use Mac OS 1 from 1984 and went to 2001 for OS 10, yeah. you'd still know what to do. The basics were the same. Yeah. But very true. Microsoft wants to add the ribbon. They want to throw out the start menu and have this new thing with Metro. What are they thinking
20: yeah, well but but still I mean it's not that the uh, Apple was stagnating. I mean they add I remember when they introduced the dock. I mean I mean that was one of the that was a, uh, so they they've added new features, but you know they didn't take away features, they just added them. They added more things that the
0: And the conventions you know with the operating system still work. So yeah. the dock you figure out, oh it's something on the bottom, it looks like an icon, I'll click it. Right. Ah, that's how it works. Now, yeah, with Metro you can still click on those tiles to get somewhere, but everything looks different. What is Microsoft thinking? Because don't they understand their business customers? That's the point I was raising before with Microsoft. The business customers don't want change. They want to get their work done. They want their documents done. They want their spreadsheets done. Whatever it is, they want to get their stuff finished. They don't want to contend with retraining people.
20: hmm Well, i tell you. It's just... <laughs> I think, that, uh, you know, I think that, um, that Apple has certain advantages that Microsoft has been trying to capture over the years and has failed to do so. And I'm not sure exactly why, but it just seems to be the case.
0: So looking at the future of Microsoft, don't they have to make these things succeed somewhere along the line before their Windows goes out the window? I mean, if they P.O.
20: customers and they don't want
0: to upgrade to Windows 8...
20: Well, Microsoft is not a failure. I mean, Windows is not a failure. It's one of the. It's the world's most popular operating system. Sure, but we it. have
0: big companies that fail to innovate, fail to update, and ten years from now they're little companies.
20: Yeah. Well, this is very true. I mean, it's possible it could happen to Microsoft. I don't. I don't think it will. But uh, look, I mean, but Apple, of course, has become a uh, a, a veritable force. They have more money than uh, some countries out there. Let's face it. More
0: money than Poland, although some of it will go back to the stockholders.
20: Yes, and that was an interesting development. That was, of course, after Steve Jobs passed away and uh, Tim Cook finally you know, That was partly, I think, uh, Steve's
0: objection. Yeah, he didn't speech. like it.
20: Craig Crossman, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. You know who's playing Steve Jobs in the upcoming movie? By the yeah. way. Ashton Kutcher. All right, www.computeramerica.com. All one word. Have her there. Say, uh, check out our Facebook page. Uh, you know, all at, at computeramerica.com. Uh, check it out. Listen to the show. What can I say? You, you'll catch Gene if you listen. That's right.
0: You also catch me here, or you can go to technightowl.com, which is my website. On Twitter, we are Tech Night Owl, at Twitter. At Tech Night Owl. We have a forum at forum.technightowl.com. You're writing this down, ladies and gentlemen. And the other thing, our special show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast at paracast.com. That is paracast.com. A special thank you, Craig Crossman. Thank you, my friend, for joining us on this week's show.
20: It's been my pleasure, Gene.
19: The Tech Night Owl Alive is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible, Incorporated. We'll be
20: back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.